Welcome to episode 191 of the Movie City Maniacs. On tonight's episode, our Mission Impossible series continues with Mission Impossible Rogue Nation from 2015 and Mission Impossible Fallout from 2018. Welcome, everyone, to the Movie City Maniacs. I'm Kyle. I'm Maddie. And I'm Adam. And your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to join us for another episode of Mission Impossible slash Tom Cruise greatness. <laughs> oh, Tom Cruise greatness now is what we're saying. <laughs> Never have his balls been wetter after <laughs> Kyle's done with them. Uh, yes, we're continuing our Mission Impossible series. Uh, if you haven't listened, we did two episodes previously where we covered the first four episodes and then tonight's episode, we're going to be covering, uh, I guess this would be part five and six, uh, Rogue mm. Nation from 2015 and Fallout from 2018. These are the two McQuarrie yeah. uh, films, which is a big deal because it's the first time that actually we had a director come back. And do two? And for, yeah, to do a, a, another sequel because up to this point, he was getting a, a different new director for each and film. And I think in, in some ways... Like, it becomes Mission Impossible. Like, they're definitely... Now, this is, like, the quintessential style of Mission Impossible. Yeah. But almost because he's taken little bits... From the first it four kind of, movies. Yeah, like, yeah. the McQuarrie films are kind of a, a best of, really. Mm-hmm. Even for... Woo! I think there's even kind of woo oh, stylization yeah, 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 yeah. In, in some of the action sequences. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember when, when it was first announced at McQuarrie, because at first it was he's just writing it, but they might get another director. When it was first announced that, uh, no, he is going to come back and direct, I remember kind of like, eh... Even though I really liked Rogue Nation, spoiler, uh, I was kind of like, ah, I don't know, but yeah, I, I think I, I, I I'm surprised I, you right like decision. Rogue Nation actually, like knowing your history with Tom Cruise and this series. Yeah, He's usually blowing raspberries over it. <laughs> well, again, we've just came off of I did really enjoy Ghost Protocol, but if you have didn't listen to the show, I wasn't as hot on part two and even part three. I I've still really enjoyed, but I think you still gave you know, it a maniac, right? Yeah, you, you, I think you, I just made a, an, an eight. eight. Yeah, these have all got. Not, Other than two. Wasn't a maniac for me. Three. Oh, I only okay. gave seven to three. I All think. right. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see if we have. No, yeah, we've just had one maniac so far. Uh, the fourth one? No, that's the first one, too. And the first oh, one. First and, okay, so we, yeah. okay, I wasn't sure what, what you guys two, did. The two, two, yeah, the first one, I, I think you and it, I both had. We just nines. recorded yeah. that, and it feels like it's, it was so long ago. <laughs> uh, my, it's just weather. My brain is fried, like Wait, Maddie was I, mentioning. I we've the, been dealing the, with. The question is weather. is something going to make. A super maniac. But, uh, so oh. for anybody at home, a maniac. It could be a mega maniac. If, if anybody, uh, it could be mega maniac. That's got to be a tens. Yeah. That's got to be uh, yeah. all tens. Uh, I think a, like a maniac is eight. All of all three of us have to give an eight, which if you've listened to the podcast, you know is rare that we all agree on something. Uh, a super maniac is a nine. And let's go mega maniac is a ten. Have we ever? Well, I'll probably never give a ten, I don't think so. Yeah. Never, have you ever No, I think you have heat. I think you you, get, I give t- okay. you gave heat a ten. Uh, have you given anything a ten? 
Uh, Rear Window, I think. I, I think we we did give that a Super Maniac. Yeah. I think that's. I was uh, gonna ask: Is there is there any films that we've all went over nine? I, f- I think that's I feel like only- there's a, usually one that like we're all kind of like. Eight, yeah, someone's an eight point five, but I think I think Rear Window might have been the one. Oh, I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. I have, to, we'll have I, to check that out. Yeah, we might have to go back. But I'm, I, not, I'm not going to start. I've, I've kind of started a category where we break this up. I don't know if I'll do that, but I think I actually do believe. Oh, and Heat. I have heat, our scores yeah. on there, so you can see. Um, I think I did. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't matter. But yeah, Heat. Heat was also a super maniac. <laughs> okay. I think those those might be the only two we talked about during the Heat episode. Yeah. Interesting. Um. But so it doesn't happen often. Very often. <laughs> uh, it might not happen with these. No. Maybe these will n- won't even be maniacs. You don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess before we jump into Mission Impossible, we should uh, conclude something, right? Something we started before. Conclude? Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's let's uh, if before Mission Impossible, we did do the Indiana Jones series. We watched them all, but we didn't get a chance to watch the new one because it just hit. It wasn't going to work out with our schedule when it was hitting in theaters. But we we talked about that we were all going to go see it, and we did. So we why still don't, went opening week. Yeah. So why don't we start off uh, with what we've been watching section with the new Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny uh, just hit theaters, I guess, a week ago from when this episode's out. Maybe it'll be two, two weeks. weeks but, yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is directed by uh, James Mangold. He takes over from uh, Spielberg. Uh, now, Mangold, I'm. How are you guys on him? Like, I'm, I'd say I'm mm-hmm. mostly a fan. I mean, I Logan is incredible. I guess you didn't really like Identity. Yeah. I love Identity. Walk the Line is fine. Night and Day is a Tom Cruise movie that I feel I've is never, underrated. I've never yeah. seen Night and Day. That's it's one that Cameron everyone Diaz? hated. Yeah. yeah, and I like Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah, like, that was Ford actually really Ferrari, good. Yeah, and he did uh, the Wolverine, I think, as well, which I, I liked as mm-hmm. well. Uh, you know, it's not on the same level as Logan, but it, it's still, you know. It was. I remember when he that came out. He seems like a, a like a, a great craftsman kind of yeah. like guy. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if he'll ever have a movie for me at least where I'm like that even, is the even movie. Logan eventually starts just having to become a Hollywood kind of movie yeah. instead of like a pure like they talk about that being the Western X Men. Like mm-hmm. yeah, it takes a few beats from it, but yeah. it's not really that. It's no. it's never willing to go. I don't know. I think it goes. That might be the the most comic book film that is different than it like i don't know if we'll ever get a comic book film like that yeah I, like i like logan it, yeah. it, like i i just i also remember thinking like i like this movie but it just isn't fucking there's something like where's the gut punch or something like yeah, yeah. and i felt the same way with ford versus ferrari it's like this is really good um We'll yeah. see how it compares to Michael Mann's got a Ferrari film coming out, I believe. Yeah, yeah it does. Um, Is it Chrysler versus Ferrari? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let's. What? How did you guys feel about this? I film? actually went into this expecting a garbage movie because I last. I time, think I had pretty low expectations. It, it's so hard to. Uh, after 20 years, recapture a movie. Well, and Ford is 88. Years. It yeah. should be mentioned. I don't know. So a- Eighty. Is he 80? Yeah, oh, he's, thought, or 81. 81, oh, okay. not 88. I thought he already was. Is Eastwood 88? I don't know. No, Eastwood's in his 90s. Oh, okay. Oh, that's weird. I thought I read someone was 88. Okay, anyways. But, <laughs> pro- there are people that are 88. <laughs> that is a thing. Just that so you happens. know that people out there, that is a thing. Some people make it 88. They don't skip. <laughs> it's not a leap year in, in our... Uh, anyways, yeah, yeah, so he's an old fucker. I think he was, <laughs> I think he was 81. He was shooting this. You, he... He feels like we just watched uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. He he felt like he could do all the things in that. Like you watch yeah. him jumping yeah. over boxes, and you're like, oh yeah, man, he still still got it. He's still in great shape, and he probably f- 
mid sixties, early sixties. He's yeah, got most yeah. of that one. This one, he's an old man. He yeah. he was doddering in this one. Um, uh, yeah, I I went in with I don't know. I had I was hopeful for this. I just wanted something better than Crystal Skull and on a better note. I, I personally don't feel it did. <laughs> I think it did. Yeah, I, I feel it did, too. I, I, I enjoyed so. this one a bit better, but I feel it wasn't a Harrison Ford movie. It was a, uh, a Phoebe Waller-Bridges movie. This she was pretty much... My my biggest, like, watching this movie, my biggest complaint about it is the Indiana Jones stuff is fine, <laughs> but I would rather just be watching a Phoebe Waller-Bridge movie yeah. with a new character or something, and it, it just feels like... There was so much vitality whenever she was on screen. Mm. My favorite action set set piece is the the where they they got the is it a tuk tuk they're driving through the streets yeah and that I liked mostly be because of like th- there was real banter that worked like old school banter you get it also in the casino scene that, there's a scene where they are at a casino at a um, auction where they're auctioning off some sort of artifact and there is such a gunfire rapid dialogue that's like wow this is really good yeah yeah i disagree with you guys i didn't really uh, like you didn't her like in that? This. No. Uh, i mean maybe it's just because i just don't feel she her character fit i don't i don't like like i've always loved about these films that the passion these archaeologists have they're not doing it for the money they're yeah. doing it for the history the love and her character is just there to make money they try to like and she's kind of like just this hard ass like i don't know they try to like make it like like oh but she took in the boy so she's not a complete bitch and it's like Nah, I'm not buying that. Like, I don't know. I, I didn't love her character. I agree. Maybe in another film, uh, I would like her. And this, I, I didn't care about her. I didn't, I don't know. I, I don't like, uh, for me, if she's not in this movie, it's like a total yeah. b- bomb for me. Uh, like, I, well, I, I'll just say I was out of this film five minutes in. Okay. Uh, as soon as CGI Harrison Ford. That was yeah. rough, right? It looks good. It's, it still it's, looks off. It's, it, mm-hmm. the, it, well, it takes you to the uncanny valley, right? Like it the, really does. You're think, and I, I remember thinking, like, what is up with this? And it's his voice. Yeah, mm. I, why the fuck can they CGI and make someone look 40 years younger, but their voice still sounds like... An, how do you not be able to change voice? Like, mm-hmm. that you think would be easier. Even, like, I, I found in The Irishman, that was done a lot better. One, because I think Pacino has a younger man's voice like he just is able to do that and De Niro didn't actually have to have too many young man monologues Mm -hmm. his monologues were when he was an old man the same problems applied in that one whenever De Niro would have to like move do something super physical but again that had like one or two scenes in a whole goddamn there's a scene in this that is so bad and this is where I was just like fuck this when he's in the library no, so it's when he's running across the train. It's almost like he did it, and he looked too old, so they tried to, like, speed it up or change it, and he looks like a rubbery, like, his moves are, his legs are not natural. It looked like a rubbery video game from, like, the 90s. I was like, I couldn't believe this is in a $300 million film, yeah. uh, which seems to be the thing this year. Like, with The Flash had some of the worst effects, apparently, I haven't seen oh, it, really? from that we've seen, we've had in 10 years. And, I mean, I don't think this film has that bad, but there's still... When you're spending almost three hundred million dollars, well, this film should not. We'd already seen that, that section on the horse, and like that's fairly. Uh, I I, th- I think actually the action sequences for the most part work when you don't rely on Harrison Ford to be him. It's the difference between him him and Cruise. But I don't even think there were that many memorable set pieces. Like I agree, I love the one. I think it, is it in the streets of Greece? Mm. Yeah. Um, I can't think of too many. I, that's the only one that's come to mind when I've been trying to think of what were the other big action set pieces in this. 
I, like you have the end, which is a big CGI. I, yeah. I I'll just say right now, I'm not going to spoil. I hated the last 20 minutes. That's the <laughs> yeah. worst thing to happen to the franchise. The Crystal Skull is is nothing compared to that. Like that that just completely. We're in a different. We're not even in the indie franchise anymore. What I don't a, know. I feel like there's yeah. always been like a fantastical element. No, to these but that movies. is yeah, on a whole other level to me. I don't, I, I, don't, I didn't have that problem either with it. It's not even a supernatural. We're supposed to believe this guy created this device that does that. Yeah, I hated that. Well, no, the device doesn't create the fissures. The fissures always exist. He was able to pinpoint the fissures, mm-hmm. and the device took them to that point. Yeah, I yeah, I, I hated those that twenty minutes. I, I was in already. Like, hey, listen, this is a man who went through like voodoo uh, magic. Yeah, he, uh, opened up the Ark of the Covenant. I'll and say, saw... I like this not as much as Doom, but almost as much as Doom. Oh, you're crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I just. Uh, I don't like Doom that much, right? Like, I think Mads Mikkelsen so. is pretty forgettable. Like, he wasn't as memorable as I hoped he'd be. I expected it, more from it him. It feels like he's he he took a paycheck. I oh, the, you want another villain? Yeah, sure. I, I think this. the biggest part about this film, and I'm almost getting to a point where I'm agreeing with Adam. Like, we don't need this. Like, don't make this movie. Yeah. Can you remember Chris Hall had the perfect ending? Why do we need to have a depressing, miserable Indiana Jones? Which he is the whole movie. He's pretty much miserable and depressed yeah. in the whole movie. You find out all this terrible it, stuff again. Happened. It's Shia LaBeouf's fault. It opens up. <laughs> they they did that boy dirty in that movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's almost like Poochie. Like, uh, my home plan needs me. <laughs> 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 I watch these films for fun, escapism. It's a throwback yeah. to those serials. I don't need to see a depressing fucking old Harrison Ford. He's retiring. No one cares Alcoholic. about it in his class. He goes to the bar. He throws, gives away the award. It means nothing to like his friends are all. It is like this is fucking mm. depressing, and I don't want to watch this movie. Like I, I think though, it it does counteract. Again, I, I I never think these movies exist. I would be happy if there was Raiders. Like yeah. And, and and just other ideas. Like, why we got Indiana Jones is because they couldn't make a James Bond movie, and they couldn't make a Flash movie. So they put that together, plus a bunch of these other adventure stuff, and they created something new and amazing. Mm-hmm. I just, like... Well, I, I think, I don't know, I think the indie definitely works for sequels like him going on different adventures and different relics yeah like that's fine but it also i think we should have got a lot more back then about no sequels Uh, i i disagree because i like last crusade better than lost ark I, I guess that's 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 true. I'm not, I, I, I feel like the trilogy works for me. Whereas, yeah, like, yeah, I, I feel like you don't. Twenty five years after. after the fact, like, well, that's twenty five years after these movies were made. At least Crystal Skull, it's like like you mentioned, he was still kind of could do yeah. stuff. You're getting like the I'm too old for the shit indie, but he's still like passionate and going on adventures. Whereas this one, I just felt like. He it's, gra- it's grandpa well, indie, they and he's miserable. Really and... played into that though. Like uh, he's old Indiana Jones, he can't yeah. keep up. And I, I was actually kind of okay with that. Instead mm-hmm. of them pretending, why yeah. did we have to get so many flashbacks? That... And they bring back characters, and it's just like embarrassing seeing them too. Because it's like I don't want to see. I want to remember these characters what they looked like. In those three great '90s trilogy, I don't. I don't know. I like seeing uh, what was his face, uh, John. Um, John Reese Davies. Yeah, I enjoy seeing him. Like, I kind of got a bit of a charge. Like, yes, he's back. Yeah. <laughs> he's driving a cab in New York City. And, like, like, right and I, I actually and, uh, think the 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 moment with Marion works it's extremely yeah. well as a as a bookend. I, I like. I, I don't remember. I'd rather how the, it ended on Crystal. I don't Skull, actually though. remember yeah. the ending. It's just of a Crystal happy Skull. ending. They get married. 
It's oh, all yeah. like, and yeah. Shia LaBeouf goes to pick up his hat. He's like, "Not yet, kid." And he puts on the hat oh, himself. Oh like, yeah, it's almost like to a, me that's a perfect ending. I don't need this miserable. I hated that ending. Yeah, it was like pretty... I, I totally forgot about it. That that sound that looked like it was in Shrek. Yeah, <laughs> it had the same look of Shrek. I I I, mm. I completely forgot about that. I think I just was like. I'll I'll remember it when the action stopped or something. <laughs> this just shows you too, like don't try to take over Spielberg. Like no one can do set pieces yeah. like him. And that's uh, I don't know. Again, I didn't hate it. Like I enjoyed myself. Am mm. I going to be excited to watch again? No. Like again, I'm putting this the last of the series for me. I think this is ahead of Crystal Skull for me. Yeah, I think by a, a long shot for me. I, like I'm I'm going to give it six point five. I was going to give it seven seven point five. I'm going to go yeah. six six and a half yeah. as well. Like it's it's fine, but yeah, it's not going to make my top. It's too long. The year. Like there's a bunch yeah, of things. I feel they could have cut out quite a bit. But yeah. it, like Crystal Skull, it was like this is way better than I I was had any mm-hmm. expectation of this being. I just didn't find it embarrassing anyway. Like people people are having problems with it. I think because it's different than this, and like that was. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's me and Temple of Doom. I don't know. Like, I don't like that one because I don't feel like it's an Indiana Jones I think those movies still all have, like, a fun to them. I don't know. I just didn't get that in this one. Yeah, I I got it. Like, I actually think it's Phoebe Waller-Bridges, who you thought was, like, nasty or something, but I thought she was just fun the whole time. Yeah, I didn't like her. Yeah. She's a yeah. She's like a fun little wisecracking. Uh, All the jokes she had were were great. Even her uh, facial expressions were funny. Like when yeah. she answered the question in the classroom, she kind of like gave the guy like the big googly eyes. Like that was a good like oh yeah stinger. Again, give, I, I guess she might be doing Tomb Raider, but I bet she won't be in that. Like that's the other thing. She, she's gonna do Tomb Raider. She's developing Writing? Tomb Raider, but I, she might write it. Did, did she write this or did she? Have no, she didn't do? have. Oh. I don't think she had. Uh, who knows? She could have. Yeah. Uh, punched up her lines but like in the last bond she wrote the whole anna de armas section okay like she'll i think she likes writing as much as she likes being in things so if she doesn't have to be the lead like she killing eve Mm -hmm. which you think she she's about the same age as eve or whatever she didn't think she was right for it she wrote it for other people nice um, so yeah, not a not a, a a bomb, I guess, for any of us, but not a a big highlight. Yeah, well, you knew it was going to be the case, right? Like I, well, you're excited, well, I but expect you're a like... little bit more. But yeah, it is nice to see a movie though that is not a, a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. I'll give it that. Like it's fun to again. I'm still a sucker for globe trotting adventures and looking for treasure. Yeah. Again, I wish there was more traps and stuff in this. Would you I don't ra- know. watch this again or Uncharted? Uncharted. Charted, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Out of all like those national treasure and yeah. stuff, like this would probably be near the bottom for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I still, I still think like the set pieces and the dialogue, like things that are funny in this are funnier than National Treasure. Mm-hmm. Like I just watch those movies and it's like I like the history and aspect and everything behind those. And I like the treasure better in those. Like I didn't really care about the treasure in this, and again, where it ends up going, I just hated. I think with uh, the, the history in those ones, you kind of have to like. For me, I. Turn a blind eye. The, the, like the none of this history is is real. Well, it's not well, supposed to be. I'm, I'm pretty sure this shit in this is not real. No, either. no, that's what I mean. But if, if you're going in for national treasure for history, there's... yeah, yeah. But I'm saying what I'm saying. It's not a. It's a, lot, it's a lot more fun yeah. that there's secret messages yeah. on the Declaration of Independence, Independence and all this stuff. And and I, I remember what the part two is, but there's all these exciting like mm. the J or not JFK. Uh, yeah, the mystery box is is why Kennedy those movies work. Yeah, they don't have any memorable set pieces though. Like I, in the, any of the, them. This is like I mean, again, yeah, I think the Crystal Skull is even more interesting than the artifact in this. The only one that is maybe less is or equal is the artifact in Temple of Doom. I think those stones aren't that exciting. But mm-hmm. to me, when you got the Ark and and. Uh, 
you know, all the, the religious artifacts are always more interesting to me are like real historical. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming this is not a real historical artifact relic. I doubt it. It's not it, something that they kind of like took. Well, it might be. It, it might be like an unsolved mystery. Like that Archimedes. Point. Like, yeah. It's, 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 I think it has some myth. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, I don't know. It's not as exciting as the other stuff for me. So that I didn't really care. about. And I think the Ark of the either. Covenant wouldn't have been as well known until yeah. the movie was made. The yeah. Grail, of course, would have been the Grail. Yeah. Always. Anyway. Uh, actually, let, let me jump in because it's kind of a continuation in a way. Because uh, I watched another James Mangold film that you guys both maybe watched. I know Adam did, I think. Uh, so from 2007, uh, if you're new to the show, we are leading up to it's It's close. It's about a month away. It'll be less than a month, I bet. So we're doing our beginning of the year. We pulled some uh, years from uh, a hat and drew 2007. We're going to be covering the best of 2007, top 10 of the year, horror and overall picks. Uh, so we've been watching a lot of 2007 movies. Anyways, I watched 310 to Yuma. Oh, no, I haven't watched this yet. Oh, so did you watch it? I've seen it before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I knew someone talked about it. So Mm. this is directed by James Mangold. I saw it before, wasn't a huge fan. Kind of how I felt this time. Uh, So you got Russell Crowe, Christian Bale, Ben Foster, Peter Fonda, Gretchen Mole, Logan Lehman, a bunch of great cast. Um, Bale in this one, I always didn't like him in this one because he's a bit of a coward, and that's how I kind of felt this time. Like, uh, so he's this veteran. You find out that he owes money to the wealthy man of the town, and his kids don't really respect him uh, because, yeah, he's a bit of a coward. Uh, Crow is the badass criminal with no remorse. He's not afraid to kill one of his uh, henchmen. henchmen if needed uh, to prove a point, and then fosters his right-hand man who's like just the evil <laughs> he bastard. He wins great. this movie, right? Yeah, like, Ben Foster yeah. kind of steals the show. He stole the show on 30 Days a Night for yep. a little. He was in that, too. Um, so anyways, Crow gets hot, uh, caught, hot. <laughs> he gets hot. That was, that was Freudian for sure, right? <laughs> it's like, it's well, like all that. I mean, uh. <laughs> he does get caught while he's with like the prostitute or whatever yeah. of the town, or she's, I guess she's the bartender. I think she was a previous prostitute or dancer. Anyways, he stays yeah. with her knowing they might get caught, risking it. He does get caught and Bale, uh, joins the, this little uh, group of posse cause no one wants to take on the mission. And they have to bring him to the train in uh, Yuma, the 310 train to Yuma, Mm -hmm. which is going to take him to the prison. Uh, But yeah, no one wants to take on this because they know you're going to have his henchmen coming off, coming after you. Yeah, it's fine. Like, I don't really like Bale that much as like, I don't know. He's coming off of like Batman and Terminator where he's a badass and now we're seeing him in his kind of like. He's kind of wooden too. Like, he's not really someone you can get behind. Even like Russell Crowe. Like, eh. Like, his child has more balls than in this film. And yeah, I don't know. I hate hate the again, man. Mangold in the endings. I hate the last twenty yeah. minutes in this film. Like that is so silly and bad. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense of these characters. I don't believe it. Um, where it all goes. Have you, have you guys either seen the original? I, I haven't seen the original. No. no, the original's good, phenomenal. Yeah, I need to see it. Like one um, of the the classic western, uh, like. If we ever Second do a era, Western yeah, volume say, yeah. two, maybe we can pick that. But um, yeah, it's really great. I don't have too much to say, but like some of the the action set pieces are okay. It's just one of those movies where it's like fine, you're entertained, but like right when it ends, you, it's still it's forgettable. forgettable. Uh, I'm gonna give it six and a half. Yeah, I, I guess same as same as Indy. Uh, yeah, maybe I don't like Mango. No, these are <laughs> I would say these are like his lesser. A lot of his other films I do like, um, but yeah, the, these two are two that didn't really work for me. Uh, Adam? So, uh, in the spirit of Rogue Nation, which introduced kind of the world to Rebecca Ferguson, I watched her new series, Silo. Have you guys heard about this? No. 
This is an apple. It's about a farm. Yeah. Well, there is a farm on it. All right. So it, it's it's based in the future where uh, they're they're we're given this kind of uh, uh, lore that there's only ten thousand humans left, and they all live in this silo, this hundred and forty story silo that's built into the ground. Huh. And basically, outside is supposed to be toxic. It'll kill you. So inside, the forefathers built this building that has all electricity, computer systems, everything. But everything seems pretty unadvanced. And anything that is more advanced is like a crime. Uh, That was from the before times. You're not allowed to have relics. Apple spent a fuckload of money on this. It's all practical sets. It's incredible looking. Um, uh, sometimes I was like, how is this like the, and I know they're still occasionally using blue screen or green screen to show the scope of this thing, but it's amazing. It opens up and it's the, the sheriff of the place who's basically in this, you got the mayor, you got the sheriff and you got the judge and they're kind of like, they control almost everything. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, the sheriff's wife is played by Rashida Jones starts getting curious about what's outside asking questions and the one the worst crime you can commit there is saying I want to go outside oh. the second you do that you're sent outside to clean and then you go outside they send you outside and everyone dies within you get banished essentially 30 seconds they see them on the screen they have a little monitor and everybody always cleans it and you're like why are they cleaning this monitor when they they're wanted to get out or they're really pissed off and and then they usually die within thirty seconds. That's what happens to the wife. Does it tell you what show you what kills them, or that's the secret? No, that's okay. the it's a big big kind of secret. And and they do a really great job. I guess this is a trilogy of books, and they do a great job of misdirection in a way that never feels like you're being misdirected. They're like mm-hmm. minor things, and you'll start going, "Oh, that must be it." Yeah, and but it's like a minor thing, so it's not like they're obviously telling you this. Rebecca Ferguson's character comes in later. She works down in the down deep, making all the machinery work. <laughs> Brave New World. It feels I was like, like say it's uh, Brave New World yeah. or uh, what's that Logan's Run even yeah. kind of. Like you don't know it definitely Logan. has this dystopian aspects. Uh, mm-hmm. Brave New World. You know, it's a little bit more of a fake utopia. Mm-hmm. I guess you have that here too. People mm-hmm. seem like they're living in a great place, but there's a lot of corruption, and you're 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 in a totalitarian. No, this is more state. like Shyamalan's The Village, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not Shyamalan's The Village, Turns even though you can <laughs> you can kind of maybe. How think is Rashida Jones in this? Best I've ever seen her. Because I feel she is really. Yeah, I don't understand. Wooden, her like yeah. everything she does. Like she's not funny. She's not a good actor, but she's in everything. Like. Yeah. I just feel she is just like a place Isn't her holder. dad someone famous? Quincy yeah, Jones. Yeah. And her mom was, oh, okay. was uh, Peggy uh, Shoot um, from, uh, what was the- Married with Children? No. <laughs> she's in uh, Twin Peaks, but she was in a, a serial, The Avengers. Okay. In the okay. 60s, the original. Oh. Yeah. That's her mom? Yeah. Wait, was she in Game of Thrones? Wait, not, uh, well, because I think that wasn't there two different- uh... Like the redhead? No, the, or is it not the Avengers- Anyways, look yeah. look this up. Yeah, while okay, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, Peggy yeah. Lipton. So Peggy Lipton. Okay. The Mod Squad was Mod her. Squad. Ah, Sorry. yes, yes, yeah. yes. Okay. Knew it was one of those. I was gonna say because the other woman from Avengers is like famous. She's done tons of good. Yeah. Uh, can't remember her name right now. Yeah, Peggy. Uh, who uh, Peggy Lipton? Who just. Uh, Passed a couple yeah. of years ago, but most she's, famous probably now for she's good in this because like I, I I'm like I, I want to see her good. I feel it's in her, but she just hasn't. No, she's done. good in this, yeah. and uh, like she's not. I mean. Like she's in and out. Oh, okay. She's basically in one episode. 
I'm not going to spoil okay. like too much, but yeah. she's not in in this a lot. Uh, you, they have some big actors or like known actors, and mm. no one is safe. I'll put it that way. Awesome. Um, Rebecca Ferguson ends up being the main kind of protagonist throughout this. She's great in this. Is just like a fucking hard nosed badass, almost no emotion, but actually is filled with emotion character, mm-hmm. and and she's got to play against Tim Robbins, who's who's kind of this. Is he trustworthy? Is he untrustworthy? It's fantastic. It's a great show. I'm going to give the first season 8.5. Six episodes? 12 episodes? It's 10 episodes. Uh, Season two, they're already filming right now. Oh, awesome. Because it was written before, so they're one that shows Mm -hmm. that they were able to go ahead and do it. It ends great. Awesome. It ends with me screaming at the t- TV. Uh, Silo! Uh, um, is, is there like an animal called Silo that like you follow around like a little piggy or something like that? Like, Silo, come with me. It's really interesting, though. Like, the hit the hit ratio with Apple is high. Yeah, I guess you got Laszlo. They got uh, Silo. The, the Severance. It's it's every show with an S. Yeah. Slow Horses, <laughs> which... Uh, uh, that, that long O was really uh, hit. Which I watched... It. I guess I'll quickly say that. I watched season one of Slow Horses with Gary Oldman as well. Um... Just a fun kind of espionage thriller. I thought he's done, or is this his last thing? He thinks this is it. He doesn't uh, think he can do... What he does? Anything more. Like, this is the role that he thinks he should go out on. Hmm. Um, he's great in it as a very curmudgeon guy, and, and basically all these MI6 people have been uh, done something wrong, so they're, they're sent to Slough House. Basically, like, they just do paperwork because they don't want them yeah. fucking things up. And they get entangled with this big uh, kidnapping. I think I think 7.5, but almost an 8, too. Like is another, that season one yeah. or season, season two? Season one. Oh, okay. Season two is out now. Uh, I'll probably be covering that as awesome. well soon. Speaking of dystopian futures, I sat down and uh, I was just flipping through Netflix. My mom was over and, like, me and my wife and the kids in bed, like, let's watch Hunger Games. Have you guys you've seen this, right? Yes. This movie is Kyle, awesome. you never seen this? I've seen the first... Two, I haven't seen all yeah. of them. I'm... The first one is remarkably good, like better than has any right to be based on like a young adult novel. Where like these, uh, it's a dystopian future where these uh, overlords have all these districts, and they pretty much pick two people f- as a lottery to play in these survival. Two games. children, two children between the ages of like twelve and eighteen, I guess is a yeah, I think that's lottery, and, and they have to fight to the death, one man standing kind yeah. of deal. It is. Awesome. It has like intrigue, it has violence, it has like a, a heartache and a love story. It is. I remember my problem yeah. being the direction, like the action scenes were poorly directed. I, I, I thought the action scenes were like dope as hell, oh, man. So I, I didn't yeah. like them. I remember a lot of like quick cuts. I think they mm-hmm. get better in the second film. But. Mm-hmm. I find the second film it really drops off, but. Have yeah. you, did you watch the second film as well? Not yet. Not yet. I figured I could watch it this week or yeah, what have I, you. I, I felt that the first two I, I thought were good, and then mm-hmm. the. The Mocking Jay part really one falls. and two were just a, a fucking mess. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to check it out because I, I I really dug this movie. I think I'm giving it like eight out of ten. Like yeah. I I am in this, and even the characters are so goddamn likable. Like that, you love Katniss Everdeen, man. So weird that mm. like how this has worked out because I watched not Hunger Games, but the next mm. film I watched 2000 film. Seven film, I Am Legend, directed by Francis Lawrence, who did oh, weird. Hunger Games. So weird. Oh, interesting. Look at how interconnected we are, fellas. Because I was looking at what he did. Yeah, this all worked mm. out. How, and I had this in the right order and everything. I didn't change it. Anyways, he also did Constantine, which again was like, okay, mm. but I, I don't Isn't think... Isn't that the one... I don't think he's a great ro- director. The role that uh, uh, Keanu wants to play more than anything again? Yeah. He wants to do Constantine yeah. again? Yeah. They- and they had him signed on, but now I don't know with like everything happening with James Gunn taking over DC if that's going to happen mm. anymore. It, it, yeah, it, it was okay. I, yeah, I, I'm not a. 
I guess, huge fan of that director when I look at what he's done. Um, because I'm not a big fan of this film. This yeah. is the film that, that I like to say that killed the horror oh, podcast. Oh, it did kill the horror podcast. <laughs> uh, we were going to cover the I Imagine series, got to this, and it's just like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> Anyways, um, so this starts Will Smith, Alice Braga? Braga, yeah. I, I usually kind of like. Um, I don't know. Will Smith, he's okay in this. I think sometimes he does some good stuff, emotional Beats mm-hmm. that he nails. Other times, he's totally just doing the Fresh Prince, which he always crops up in a lot of his films. That's not like a period movie. Like you see Fresh Prince and Independence Day. You see, yeah. you see it in all his roles usually, um, which I hate. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like this is a movie that like it starts out the first half. It has its moments, and you're like, okay, this is pretty good. It's cool mm-hmm. to see like that whole big city open. Yeah. Uh, you know, which they actually did. I mean, they enhanced it with CGI with all the fake leaves and everything. But it's it's still kind of there's cool. CGI in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's let's just fucking end it there because when someone says CGI can't ruin a film, this is the example you bring up. You can't enjoy this movie. It's impossible. Yeah. The CGI is so fucking atrocious in this movie that the Dark Seekers, they're so bad. Top three worst CGI, it's like this, probably the Scorpion King and the Mummery Returns. Yeah. And uh maybe the the Thing prequel as well takes it, which is unfortunate because this and the Thing prequel are two movies. That they like the thing prequel. They actually did the effects practical, and then the studio was like, "Oh no, you got to make CGI. Kids aren't gonna believe that," and fucking ruined it. This movie too. You can find the tests online. They they had these characters with makeup. They had their, oh, did they look like the actual? Oh, like, they uh, did this. They did this thing where the skin looked translucent. It looks fucking incredible. This uh, they would have looked great. Check it out on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And instead, we got whatever the fuck this CGI <laughs> when they're climbing up the the building. Oh my God! It's like the the CGI in the first Superman film, sorry, Spider Man film, the Sam Raimi one that doesn't hold up anymore. It's hard to watch that. This is like a hundred of those. It is so bad. Like you're out as soon as they're on screen when they like they kind of scream and their mouths like stretch. Oh my lord! <laughs> I haven't seen this. Uh, I saw it in theater. I kind of always had the same as like Dial of Destiny for me, like. That was better than I thought it was going to be. So yeah, I've always kind of had this like, yeah, you no, know what? Don't yeah. don't bother. Like keep that keep that precious moment in your mind. Like, I, it's it's also a movie because of that. Like, well, I I've th- never I think you are a bit more lenient it. towards CGI than than we are. Because I remember hating it when this came out. Mm-hmm. I remember being so excited uh, for this movie, getting it on Blu-ray when it first came out. Yeah, I never thought it. I'd wow. be the person that's more lenient CGI, but. Yeah, did you watch The Mist yet or no? Yeah, and I, I it, yeah, you didn't. It, the, the CGI didn't bug you. You yeah. watched it recently? Yeah, I oh, watched okay. it last yeah. year. Interesting. Uh, anyways, five and a half out of ten. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Again, <laughs> even the ending is so stupid. Like, look for the butterfly. Yeah, <laughs> well, there's two different endings. I think the oh, one yeah. there is two. One is like a little bit. Dark. Yeah, they both suck. This yeah. movie's yeah, it, it's too bad. <laughs> It sucks. I, where he's fucking watching Shrek and he starts like quoting the movie for five minutes. It's I like, hate that oh, part. Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fuck, man. Fuck. <laughs> that bothers me. I love Omega Man. I love Mas- Last Man on Earth. Mm-hmm. This should have been like, this is, you should be able to do this movie now and it should be incredible. Because none of those, I love those adaptations, but none of them are close to the book, right? Like mm-hmm. Last Man on Earth is close, but it still should be more action packed or something. Yeah, th- this film. Oh, yeah. Anyways, what else you guys got? Um, so I watched uh, a new movie from 2023, um, Wes Anderson's Asteroid City. Oh, oh shit! Nice. How was it? Um, so I really, really I mm-hmm. like this a lot. I think, um, you know, I I I like 
French Dispatch. I didn't love French Dispatch. I liked Isle of Dogs. I didn't love Isle of Dogs. And Isle of Dogs, I, I, I really should watch again because his movies do, for me at least. The second watch. The second watch makes a huge difference. So, um, Yeah, I, ha- I have seen a bit of a swing on that one. Like I've seen people that are like, oh, now it's my favorite, which I don't think it's his best. But I've heard mm-hmm. people that really like that movie. I, like, um, I, I haven't seen the French Dispatch a big swing on that one yet, but it's still mm-hmm. fairly new in people's minds. Yeah, and people haven't yeah. really g- gone back, gone and, back to it, yeah. uh, again. I, I think uh, for me, this this does what I want him to do, except he takes he's never done something like this, and the whole um, like story is is basically it's it's very hard, it's very meta to explain, but the asteroid city aspect is actually. A recreation of a play that happened by an, another writer, and you're seeing that, and then there's the meta quality of them preparing it, but the actual play isn't shot like a play, it's shot like a fucking movie. It's like they're now going into these events and recreating them like a movie would. And then you have Brian, uh, Brian Cranston, who plays this narrator, who, he's fantastic in this, who kind of is breaking down the history of this and why it was so important and going into it. And because of that, it almost keeps you at a remove almost emotionally until it fucking beautifully comes together at the end. Mm. Um, and, and, and just in a way that only Wes Anderson could, like, just wallops you, like, in an unexpected way. Um, it's one of his funniest movies, too. It is hilarious. Oh, hmm. um, yeah, I, I feel like, like we've been hearing kind of like it's good, but it's not like... Rushmore peak. good. Are you? Is it peak for you, or is it kind of in the middle? That's, I mean, he's done a lot of great movies. Yeah, yeah. it's kind a tough, tough thing. Tough, like, yeah. when I go through his stuff, yeah. I think this is closer to Moonrise and, and Grand Budapest huh. than it is, like, the last two for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. It Now, it's really fucking good. Like, I like yeah. it a lot. I'm going to give it 8.5. Oh, nice. Um so this could be top ten of the year, possibly. Yeah, I think this this would be in the a contender. like in a normal year. This would be uh, a good contender for that. And I this is one I wouldn't mind seeing again because of there's so many fucking characters and there's so much going on. But also like the cast in this is insane. Yeah, there's like thirty big name actors. Yeah, like. and and occasionally I think I kind of maybe a thing I am dinging a little bit is like why is. Leave Schreiber in that role. Like you don't, you don't need that or Hope Davis. They're or, probably just his friends, and they probably do yeah. it for like regular pay. Like, Nobody makes a lot of money. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I think it's just kind of like if we can get this guy or have to go through a, a process of finding a, you know, Ma- Margot Robbie is is in um, like one scene, and her, hers is perfect, just just perfect. Like, that's a cameo that actually works, having that kind of stunt casting. Mm-hmm. Also, how they use Jeff Goldblum is fucking <laughs> just brilliant. I, I do think it is, too. If you have all those name- names on a poster, right? Yeah. You have Margot Robbie and some of these big names, you're going to bring an audience. I'm sure, like, you know, Wes Anderson is just like anyone. He wants his movies yeah. to make money so he can continue. Well, his, his movies are consistently... Yeah. Wa- uh, in his budget range, what he's doing, they're, they always make money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And this one looks like it's going to have, like, because now it's going to a lot of the repertory theaters and it'll have a long life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you guys, like, you both like Wes Anderson movies. Yeah, you got to check it out. Highly recommend it. But I, he's given it a different spice. This is the other reason why I, I quite like it. Like, there's, yeah, right it's not a rehash. Hmm. Mm-hmm, it almost yeah. feels like it could be a, 
a start of something new that maybe started with French Dispatch, but because it was an anthology, wasn't like maybe the French Dispatch had some great segments and some lesser ones. I mean, it's like all anthologies. It's very rare that all three segments or four segments, Mm -hmm. however many there was, worked. Works so. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to check this yeah. one out. Like, the only one for me, when I rewatched them, that uh, let me down more and went backwards la- was Darjeeling Dar- from 2007, which I won't watch because I just yeah. watched it last year. It was the only one that I, I kind of went, oh, yeah. I like this one I feel that's less. one that gets no praise, like, from his... Well, I think it is, yeah. Nor- normally near the bottom in most lists yeah. for him. Um, where I always felt it was kind of unfair, but it was maybe just unfair in comparison to like I need yeah. to rewatch Moonrise cuz you guys love it. And I remember that's like bottom for me. Oh, I love um, Moonrise. So yeah. we'll see if it goes up at all. Yeah, that's now becoming like people have that usually higher than I have that on my hmm. list. Like it I feel like yeah, Grand Budapest is usually what's normally your at favorite? the top, right? That or that, more. Uh, more? Those are my my yeah. two, but I I see Fox and Moonrise just as often on people's hmm. yeah. top top of Fox is Fantastic Mr. Fox, Fox has, yeah. has like a, a really. That's uh, a movie I had zero expectations for. Loud. I was watching it just it. like I watch any of my kids' other CGI or Pixar or whatever. Claim. Yeah. And yeah, I was like, "Fuck, man! Like this is working on a claymation, like a stop motion level. It yeah. looks great." But then it was like, "No, the writing is actually like I didn't think you could throw in his style of writing and and banter, yeah. and it worked. Like it it worked. But I mind you, I like I really like. Do- the dog one as well. Um, so. Yeah, I like. I like. For me, when I'm saying disappointed, it's like, oh, I gave them like seven point yeah. fives. Yeah, that like this guy's just got such a. Yeah, he's up there with. Is he? Did he announce that he's gonna only do a couple more and be done as well? Or no, I think going? he's still okay. going. Yeah, I, for some reason I thought he was gonna hang it up. It's kind of sad. Like you know, we got Tarantino's got one more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Eastwood's probably doesn't have much more. Uh, you never know when Scorsese's going to be done. Yeah, like Scorsese, someone yeah. was Spielberg, like, even. I mean, all these guys yeah. are getting up there. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, anyway, I watched uh, Mean Girls uh, for the first time. Uh, You've never I, seen I, Mean I, Girls. Never seen Mean Girls. I, I, I loved it. I, I, I just figure it was like a, a terrible, like early aughts movie about like girls in high school, like clueless. But it's not. It is funny. It's well written. It's like. I enjoyed these characters. It's one of the only perks I got when I was at the Y108 Rock Patrol. I got to go to a sneak preview of oh. Mean Girls. Apparently, it was written by Tina Fey. Yeah. And I guess it has all these uh, SNL alums. It's like the teachers and like the parents. Of Amy these, Poehler, like, who's yeah. hilarious Tim in Tim Meadows is, is, in hilarious, it, is amazing yeah. in this. So it was kind of like, I, I had to watch it. Like, well, let's watch it. And like, I thought it'd just be like uh, Clueless Part Three or what have you. Like, have you seen it, uh, Kyle? I have not. No. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I, I recommend Isn't, it. This is the one where there's like a famous controversy where, like, I think she's the book. The writer of the book says like Tina Fey and the studio screwed her out of all this money, and that's why I think there's gonna be a sequel. But they they were fighting over. Mean Girls like, too? I think the the writer did some deal. I didn't even know it was a book. Um, yeah, I think she did some deal and, and made like nothing or something and then tried mm. to go after more money when it was a big hit. Isn't this another one that's a, they've made into a musical though? I, I assume so, yeah. yeah. It's the only one time I heard something negative about Tina Fey, but again, that it was from that kind of side of yeah. her telling her story of how she got screwed over. Like, Tina Fey probably didn't screw out of it. Probably well, I think it was, yeah, I think it was kind of Tina, who yeah. knows, yeah, anyways. I, I don't have the details, so I'm not going to get into well, it too either much. Either way. It's worth uh, a read, She yeah. took this book and turned it into a fantastic yeah. movie. Like, yeah. I guess Lizzie Lohan is crazy good in this. Like yeah. she's charming. She hit the notes. Like I, I, I was shocked because you hear about Lizzie Lohan, you don't think of like oh good actress. You think of like a well, she was a like that coming young yeah. 
actress till she yeah, went downhill, she, right? You can see why she had all this praise behind her because she's really good in this. She she's could have been lead. like the yeah. early, uh, what's the girl from Super Bad? Uh, Emma, Emma Stone. Stone. Yeah. So she, she was like the pre yeah, I could see Ginger that. Emma Stone, where she was, and even like, I don't know, I guess she never hit the, the dramas quite that Emma Stone mm-hmm. has. But. Well, yeah, she just never, this is her the peak of her career. Yeah, movie. I think so. I, 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 I'm going to give it seven point five. Like I, it was. It yeah, I think it, I think the last time I was it, between like seven point five and eight. It's it's mm-hmm. it's actually funny. Yeah, it, it, funnier than it has any right to be, as far as I'm concerned. Especially like, like what was that, two thousand four? You got it. Like uh, comedies don't hold up. Like I feel comedies like Often. it's funny for like a year or so, and then like all the jokes are. But like I imagine watching Napoleon Dynamite mm-hmm. might be a little uh, rough. rough. Uh, so speaking of comedies, another 2007 film. Uh, now I saw Adam did watch this, so we can both discuss this. I watched Waitress. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, directed and written by Adrian Shelley. Uh, stars Carrie Russell, Nathan Fillion, Cheryl Hines, Adrian Shelley again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Eddie Je- Jemison, Jeremy Sistel, and uh, who, in my opinion, stole the show, Andy Griffith, is, who's amazing in this Oh, yeah, film. he's a very, very good in this. Um, I, don't, I didn't like it as much as you. I, I, I think, so this is a film, it's this quirky little comedy. I, I was like, the first like half of the film, half an hour, I'm like, this is fucking great. The writing and the yeah. characters are so quirky and fun. Mm. I just felt really fell apart for me, like that last third. It kind of felt, it, it felt like it went the cliche path and got really sappy. And I just, I didn't like the, the last half at all. I just, I feel like it kind of lost me. The characters kind of lose their quirkiness. You know, they're all cheating and getting in really, I don't know. I, I just, didn't enjoy like I thought the first hour was so fun and I just it lost me mm. like I yeah, I don't mind uh well, that happens fairly early so it's basically this this waitress that's in a abusive relationship with Jeremy Sisto but the, the thing's always heightened so you never like it's not like a down yeah, it's, a dump thing it's kind of like a dark comedy like yes. it's terrible he's a terrible human being and if this was a drama it would be like just gross and uncomfortable to watch, but there's always like a weird comedy behind it. Strangely. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's the that's how she gets through her life from like these this relationship she has at, at the diner. Like she likes everyone there. She gets along with the, her coworkers, and and that's how she escapes this kind of bad situation. But the writing is really s- smart, yeah. and pretty quickly she meets this new doctor because she's pregnant. Oh. The 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 one night. Uh, her what, husband gets her, her drunk. Earl got me drunk, or whatever his name is, <laughs> yeah. um, and and she she has this, and she goes there, and it's played by Nathan Fillion, who I always love. Nathan Fillion. I see, yeah. I don't have the affinity that everyone has. I've never watched Firefly. I don't care about Nathan Fillion. I've never he, seen him in anything. He just makes cameos, right? Like that's a, a lot of times. Oh, yeah. I know him as like, oh, he's a weatherman from uh, like, Modern Family. I, don't know, I thought he was okay in this. I didn't love Nathan Fillion. I don't know. He was fine mm. for the first Nathan Fillion I've seen. <laughs> I, I I I don't. I think it's. I think she's better. Carrie Russell's fantastic in the movie. Um, yeah, and I think like I really like her friend. I, I like how her friends just say what's on their minds. Yeah, like at least again that first half. There's, there's some no great, filter. But I, I, everyone, I think the first like everyone is kind of saying. Grandy Griffith says what's on his mind. He's greatness. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. I, I like just, the 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 guy that runs the diner. Who's I was just kind of like, could this sneak into my top ten? And then it just fell and fell and by the end I was like I don't know if I even care to watch this again I don't know I do like the very end I I like that it didn't follow the cliche wrap it up in a bow sort of ending with a it kind of does maybe not relationship yeah not relationship wise yeah that ending is pretty sappy she 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 definitely gets to which I mean don't get me wrong you want to see it work out but uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think this movie ending in a downer or ending just with her, her going to another man. 
yeah. would be bad. It's I I what's really upset like there's like a tone with this in the writing with Adrian uh, Shelley, <clears throat> and she she was murdered before this was even completed. Oh well, wow! I, I thought you no, know, I thought she commits suicide. I no, she was right. murdered. It was a no. The suicide was a it was a staged suicide. Guy came in and robbed her. Uh, she she said she was going to call the cops. He killed her, and then she, he hung her up afterward to make her look like oh, a suicide. Weird. Um, yeah, it's pretty. Uh, that is a. <laughs> Um, just as this, I think, I think they were basically all done. Like last mm. parts of pro- post-production were being put together. Oh, that's crazy. And, and I bet when she, cause she was in Hal Hartley's movies in the early nineties. And I bet she originally wrote this for herself. And then, you know, you need a bigger name yeah. to kind of get it made. Um, I do feel like, like, I think she was a great writer. I wasn't so high on her. I thought the look of the film, I was getting like Hallmark vibes at times. There's even scenes where they're like sitting on the way for the bus and the way the like it just looks so cheap and like I think I didn't like the look of the film. I, at all. I think you de- you're definitely being shot on, uh, like you can tell it's kind of not great film stock and mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a low budget yeah. indie uh, for sure. But like you guys like Kevin Smith movies, this looks yeah. a million times better than the Kevin Smith movie ever would. <laughs> no one's ever said the Kevin Smith movies look great. Uh, I still I, I'd yeah. see, feel the same thing about Kevin Smith. Though. I think he's a better writer than yeah. Character. I I agree. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And and the use of music in this is pretty horrendous. Yeah, I hated the music. And is it like uh, all the uh, hits from a? Uh, What's that? No, it's not that. It's, it's more, is it? Are you talking about like? Oh, no, I'm talking about the the musical cues. I don't mind the other. Yeah, music. I'm talking about like the score. Yeah, like like four non blondes playing constantly in the uh, background. No, what the there's is it cake? They use at one point. There's like a great oh. sequence, probably a, where she's just smiling, and it's actually shot so perfectly, and she's just finally happy, and it's so like bizarre and weird. But then you got this like I didn't like the score in this either, so I don't know. I'm trying to think of the soundtrack, yeah. but. Every um, time that there was a song, I was like, "Ah, oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me!" This is, and there was like at the end, there's like some song that sounds like some hobo made it. Anyways, I I, I was hoping I get more food porn out of it too, and I didn't really get that. Like, early some, on, some of those pies look pretty good, but it, it wasn't as much uh, food porn as I wanted. Yeah, I've been really d- d- into like uh, the great British ba- break. Well, off. no, I've been watching a lot of Beard versus Food or something, where it's just a guy, guy eats, eats shit, <laughs> but it just makes me want to like go and eat all that food. I don't know. <laughs> Even though I hit at the Mandarin and couldn't handle it, <laughs> yeah. getting too old for the ship. But uh, so, what, what what do you give it? I'm gonna give it six. Like again, I, I think oh, it started yeah. still mm-hmm. pretty high. It just really dropped for me. Um, yeah, I might give it's it like a, five point five six for me. I I think I was like a uh, bit higher. I I would have been. I was like Kyle. I like halfway through the movie, I was like, this might be it. This is. I was like, who's so this writer? And this is a revelation. Yeah. And like yeah. And, then, and uh, it, it still is for me. I think it's like. It's like a sneaky, like good movie, but it's probably not an eight, and it's probably a seven. Yeah, yeah. I still like. I, I I said this in my review, but like Carrie Russell not being a monster star, it baffles me. It's crazy. Well, I guess she's Felicity. She's the American. I think she's kind yeah. of been the the TV star. I never yeah. broke out of that, right? Yeah, most people don't. Yeah, well, yeah. The American. I I I think also like. Well, then I don't get her in the Americans and her and Matthew Reese being some of the best on-screen, mm-hmm. uh, like, acting I've ever seen. Yeah, so, so y- you win. Okay. No, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Carrie. Your career yeah. has to take a backseat to my wants. <laughs> Maddie, anything else? Uh, that's it for me. So I, I, I did a bunch of slashers. All right. Uh, 
I guess I'll start off with one for now. Uh, this one I'll be quick with. I watched Terror on Tour from 1980. Uh, this is about uh, this rock group called The Clowns, who are pretty much Kiss, but they have capes, afros, and they and they have these like. Do they look like Kiddio? <laughs> so, oh, I don't know Kiddios, but they're they have like half their face, like their whole face is painted, but then half of it is a mask that's also painted. But it looks creepy when they remove that mask and the other half is not painted. It looks fucking creepy. Um, I think they're a band called The Names, I want to say I read, but I could be wrong about that. The band's not half bad. And they kind of do these shows. These, their stage show is kind of like an Alice Cooper, Black Sabbath. They have like pe- women on stage and they like murder them and stuff, like okay, fake murder cool. them. Um, but anyways, all these prostitutes, they have all these women and groupies and prostitutes at their show when the prostitutes are getting murdered. It's a lot of like groupies coming in and all the band members are sharing it. And it's just like a lot of repeat where like the woman's like, will say these cheesy lines, she'll get nude, she gets killed, uh, and then rinse and, uh, repeat. Um, yeah, I don't know. My problem with it is like, there's not really any memorable characters. They kind of all blend together. Literally, we're like, even the crew is dressing as the clowns to get pick up women. And it kind of becomes like when they revealed who the killer was, I'm like, so wait, who the fuck is that? <laughs> um, and it didn't help that I'm watching like a shitty VHS transfer because this doesn't have a yeah. good release. Uh, was there like a musical montages throughout? Like the, the, You do get some of the stuff yeah. like that. Some of that stuff is okay, but everything mm-hmm. else is kind of bad. All the kills are kind of standard stabbing kills. Nothing really. Uh, There's no uh, drills on the end of electric guitars. No, they they like introduce that. like a cop in there, and he's investigating this, and then he gets like this ex-con junkie girl to like go undercover, but that doesn't really go anywhere. Larry Thomas, who plays the soup Nazi, uh, is in there as their manager, which didn't even recognize him, but yeah. apparently when he got busy, yeah, I, I struggle with this one three and a half out of Ooh. ten. Oh wow. Um, yeah, I, there, there, this was like a struggle to get through. There wasn't really much enjoyable there other than, again, kind of the look. of. So uh, this in Rocktober Blood would make a pretty bad double feature. <laughs> I liked Rocktober Blood more. I think Rocktober Blood at least has some elements I liked. Mm. Uh, this, yeah, did not. Um, keep on. Uh, I, I watched another slasher from 1992. Again, we should mention, uh, as well as the 2007, we also have coming up our big 200th episode where we are going to cover the top 100 slashers. It should be this September. Of all time. Uh, so that's why we've been watching a lot of slashers. Or I, I definitely have been going crazy with them. Uh, so Zipperface from 1992. Uh, this opens up. We have three prostitutes arriving at a warehouse, and there's a weird dude in bondage. He, he's got a kinky night planned for them. <laughs> He's got his outfit on. There's whips. There's dog food in there. Uh, there's like this spider web in the room, this metal spider web. Anyways, the one girl, it's like her first time, uh, and she's not. she tries to like, oh, I'm not ready for this, and tries to back out, and he grabs her neck with a whip and accidentally snaps her neck. The other two women escape, and now he has to find them and kill them and anyone else that gets in his way. Um, this is just like a fun, bad movie. You have a male chauvinist cop in there. There's the tough female cop. Who uh, he gets removed uh, from the case for whatever reason, she takes his place. So there's drama between them. You get introduced to a photographer where he has a connection because he's been taking headshots of all the women that are getting murdered. So they keep on hinting like different people it could be. Mm-hmm. There's a great scene where like they literally, it's like, um, th- there's, a, there's also a mayor, uh, a tough female mayor, and she wants to. You know, just find the killer, even if it's not the real killer. Just, you know, that guy, just get him. And so this will help, you know, I can say that I got got him caught. But they're hinting, like, she has an assistant, and he accidentally drops a suitcase and all this bondage gear and sex toys (laughs) falls out. And he has to, like, secretly hide it. 
so they're hinting at the the the, the, the uh, disgruntled cop who doesn't have a dog and hates dogs actually, but he's got a shot. He drops his shop <laughs> his shopping bag and there's dog food in there. So the movie sounds amazing. Yeah, I I had a lot of fun with this. Is, is it played like um, a comedy or is it played like a? Well, it's more, a bad it's a bad movie. I yeah. don't think it's yeah. It's kind of having fun with yeah. it, but it's also a bad movie, which makes it. Yeah, I don't think they're taking it too seriously. Um, there's a man caught in, uh, in drag, uh, but it can't be him. He can't be the killer anymore. We thought it was him, but we're now, if he's dressed in drag, he can't be the killer. <laughs> we, uh, like, there's a silly, stupid, Detective like, work. Um, yeah, I don't know. I had fun with this. Just a lot of cheese. There's a crazy ending in there. I just love the whole idea of a, a killer and bondage mm-hmm. here, like... It's kind of scary, but kind of goofy at the same time. Like, like the gimp kind of like going around killing people. Yeah, and like even the voice they gave him is, is so like cheesy and over the top. I'm going to go six and a half out of ten on this one. I, I had fun right. with it. Um, I would probably watch this again before I watched Indiana Jones, the new Indiana Jones. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I hope this gets uh, some kind of Blu-ray release or something. I think it's just DVD release it might right have, I don't even know if I think it has a DVD. I'm not too sure. Um, but I did finish it off with two good, what I consider two good slashers. Uh, so I did the Canadian classic from 1980, Prom Night. Oh, nice. Um, so with Jamie Lee? Yep. Yeah, Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis and her, and her peak. Leslie Nielsen's in there. Uh, so it opens up there. The kids are playing this game that pretty much consists of them saying, kill, kill, kill. <laughs> I don't know what the point of this game is, but they're doing it to this one girl, and she falls out um, the window and dies. She's Jamie Lee Curtis's uh, sister, and she also has a brother, and they witness this. Um, it all gets blamed, or they don't witness it, they're, they're not there when it happens, but anyways, it gets blamed on some local sex offender, and now we cut to years later, and someone is killing off uh, the kids that were playing this game. Uh, it's kind of cool, like, it has Jalo kind of esque elements mm. where uh, the killer is, like, doing the phone, but you're just getting, like, the, the view of the glove or the phone, and he's doing this creepy voice, and, and, and even stuff with, like, the pictures of the, the different kids from the yearbook, so it has some Jalo elements, which I thought... Um, and they do a good job too. They set up like the the, the slasher cliches where it's like there's a, the creepy groundskeeper. It yeah. could be him. Um, I think the reason why Adam may possibly dig this one, um, you never know. But I think this one maybe you might be worth watching because I think the characters are kind of fun, and maybe you'll disagree. Mm-hmm. But like you have Slick. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. this? He's like the fat nerdy guy in the van. He's got the 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 sex van. He's got he's got the Bible with like the uh the, or sorry, it's a history book of joints. Like he's just kind of like the biggest nerd, but kind of cool. cool. And you kind of buy that he could you know pick up he, women. Like he literally drives by and does this cheesy line to like uh, pick up the girl and ends up getting you know the girl for the prom. Uh, you have uh, the bitchy girl. Of course, you got to always have in these where there's a great scene where her mother's like. It's like her old, I think it must be her grandmother that's in care of her. And she's like, when will you be home for dinner, Wendy? And she's like, how the hell should I know? And walks out. <laughs> uh, you have Lou, who is awesome. He's like the big dopey looking goon of the movie. There's a great scene where he's dancing and it's so bad. He, he kind of makes a movie. Again, so the bitchy girl is going to get, they're going to, they hate Jamie Lee because now Jamie Lee is with the bitchy girl's ex-boyfriend. So she gets the goon and they're going to like, it's kind of like a carry kind of your, thing where yeah. they're going to do something to get revenge on prom. But there's a great scene where they go to like a, a local um, diner, one of those ones where they come and Roller deliver skates. your food. Yeah. Um, but it, and, and, and she's like, oh, so uh, what would you like to order? The, the woman comes up and he's like, oh, I'm a little short on cash. And the girl's like, hey, you can, you can owe me. And he's like, yeah, all right. I'll take a couple of burgers, <laughs> yeah, yeah. a large fry. What kind of beer you got? He works this big order. 
Um, and he's checking out the, the, the waitress and she's like, uh, um, I'll get you one for Christmas, okay? <laughs> Let's move on with this. But yeah, I don't know. I, there's some good dialogue, and I, I like the characters in this. I mean, Jamie Lee's kind of playing the the good girl, mm. but Leslie Nielsen's in there. I, I will say he's kind of wasted. I think this yeah. is probably pre funny Leslie Nielsen. He's just the father in there. There's a whole side story where like the creep that got blamed, the sex offender, has escaped, and yeah, he's wearing uh, people. Red, red hair. They're setting it up that he could be the killer, but uh, I don't know. I uh, I really like this movie. Mm. I, I I feel like I like it more and more. I think the first time I didn't see it because the kill the kills are pretty good, but they're nothing special. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're you get some throat it's, splits, it's more axe a- atmospheric. I believe like um, this movie has a lot not, of atmosphere. I don't know if it is. I think it's yeah. more just like a fun kind of character, like. The first kill doesn't happen until about an hour into the oh, film, of an hour and a half. But again, for me, I was fine with that. Like mm. I just wanted to see where they're going with this. You do get the famous decapitation in the end, uh, but yeah, I don't know. And yeah, the, the whole the dance sequences, the dance sequence is so fucking memorable in this. Jamie Lee and the the boyfriend do like this five minute like dance scene that puts Saturday Night Fever <laughs> to uh, to shame. Um, and the ending is kind of emotional too. Like it kind of, I don't know. Hit, I'm going to give this yeah. one eight, eight out of 10. I think it's right. uh, a highlight. And I finished off one more Sasha uh, from 1981, The Prowler. Oh yeah. Now this is like really high on some people's list. You did really a prom night double, double feature, baby. Cause uh, Prowler's on oh, prom night too. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. Um, so this one opens up World War II. You have this woman, it's, you see her letter that she wrote her boyfriend's a soldier in the arm in the war. She's writing this letter to say that she's going to break up with him. And now we cut to the the dance. She's making out with her boyfriend, and someone like in an army getup murders her. It's a double pitchfork fork kill. It's a which is great. Um, and now we cut to nineteen eighty, kind of like my Blade Valentine, where they haven't had dances since, and this is the first time back. Right. And now someone's going around murdering uh, characters. I will admit, I understand people's complaints of this. The leads aren't like they're fine. They're like what characters, but they're not that interesting. Where you compare it to Prom Night, where they all kind of have personalities. Mm-hmm. Like the lead is kind of like she reminds me of Ginny from Part Two. I always thought it was the same actress, but like she's just a nice girl. She doesn't have the where mm-hmm. Ginny kind of has that wit to her. This girl is just the nice girl, and then she's kind of in. You got the the deputy who's kind of like you know they're kind of a couple, but he looks like Christopher Walken. But again, there's not that much personality on display. The other big issue with this film. Is there's like it drags like oh does it? it it opens up with an amazing kill and then like it's like them walking through the dorm at night or walking the cemetery investigating this house that they do twice I understand I've read people's complaints about that that hate that I totally get it I think it depends for me I don't know I liked all that stuff I, I find like you know them investigating dark eerie house at night or, or the mm-hmm. graveyard it worked for me I think it is going to depend what mood you're on if you're throwing this on Shocktober and it's late at night you're going to probably fall asleep and be like, ah, oh, yeah, this film just dragged for me. I don't know. I watched this at the right time. I go up and back and forth. Like, I think I enjoyed this even more than I did last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know, just in the right mood for that kind of film, but I could see it not working for everyone. Um, the reason you are watching this, though, of course, the kills, the Tom Savini. This is Tom's peak Tom Savini. This might be some of the best deaths in any mm-hmm. horror film ever. All the kills look fucking fantastic. As I mentioned, you got the double pitchfork, you got a blade through the head, like top of the head, and the eyes actually change white. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pitchfork in the shower, through the stomach, the, the throat slit in the pool. All of them look so fucking good. A, sh- a head blown off with a shotgun. Like, th- this is peak Tom Savini. Um, so you at least get that out of it. Oh, and I do ha- got to mention the fat fucking lazy slob <laughs> hotel. I guess he's, they're running like, because the one uh, uh, sheriff, I guess, is off fishing in some cabin, and they're trying to get a hold of him. Mm-hmm. And you get the scene. Again, 
point, like, if you don't like, I can see people hating this because it's like five minutes. It goes nowhere. I think it's so fucking funny, man. It's a minutia. Where this guy's like, fine, I'll go look. And he puts on the <laughs> phone and he just kind of like fakes moving and slams <laughs> the gate. And, and like, I don't know, man. He is so funny. And it, it, you don't need this scene this at all. This is a top 100 horror movie for you, right? Man? Yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it uh, 8 out of 10. Yeah. Uh, I really like this one. It went up a, a bit for me. Again, this one now, I don't know how you would take this one, Adam, because, again, I know you like the characters a little bit more memorable, more something to them. Um, it, yeah, it depends how you feel about those long <laughs> those long walks of nothing. Um, I think I there's, the difference is not always memorable, but, like, capable is mm. probably a big Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think you should still watch this one because it is, like, usually it's up high on a lot yeah. of people's lists. it's a classic, like... Yeah. Yeah, both of those I have on my list to yeah. watch over the next month or month and a half. Um I got I got three real uh I'm I'm just going to blitz through three tw- 2007 movies as okay. well. Sorry, yeah. I thought I thought you were done. Um, I went off there. <laughs> no, no, I was just getting a note ready so I was okay. like, oh, "Okay, do one more." Right. But that's that's fine. That's All fine. Right. It gives, uh so from 2007 I watched Frownland. This was directed by Ronald Bronstein, um who now is connected with the Safdie brothers. He's never directed another movie. He's edited uh, Uncut Gems and write, uh, wrote that one and Good Time. I, I think everything he's done with the Safdie brothers hmm. as awesome. editor and co-writer. Um, this opens up with this guy, Keith. He's this like horribly anxious dude, outcast guy who lives in his fucking kitchen of an apartment that I think he either owns or has the lease, but he's got a roommate there with him. I started this movie, and there's a scene with him, and I, I guess it's his girlfriend, and no one is saying anything, and I, it was all kind of mumbly and whatever, and I was like, oh, I fucking hate this. Like, <laughs> I, I was like so out. out. I hate this movie. Do not want anything to do with this movie. And then it fucking kind of flips, and you realize this guy just has crazy social anxiety so everything he does he just talks in gibberish and and does like the worst thing possible at all times this guy sounds a lot like me (laughs) (laughs) um like this is like next level and the the guy that acted in in this uh doorman who never did anything else basically phenomenal like crazy crazy like you're in there and it's got those Safty brother kind of like heart palpitation kind of stuff yeah, as high it goes tension. on high tension of of kind of nothing situations but nothing is kind of going right for this guy mm. and he's like a door-to-door salesman of like fake MS drives like hey I'll give you this coupon oh. book and his boss is just fucking like torments him in a way but he, this guy would drive you crazy too because he never like tells you what he actually means and wants to talk to you forever and then it's nonsense. They do go to his roommate character. They do an aside. And I think it's a show like this guy that you think is normal is not quite as normal as you might think or is, mm. has his own quirks. It kind of takes you out of the movie. But probably one of the biggest change for me being like, fuck this. I need to get out of this. I just, I don't want to be in this, this. And then slowly getting sucked in and understanding what he's trying to do. It's uncompromising uh, vision. I'm going to give it, Seven point seven 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 point five. Oh yeah, that, seven that, that's waitress, good, eh? like completely different type of movie. Yeah, but like there's like a singular vision here, and you can see how this is kind of like moved into some other stuff. I then watched the Man from Earth. Have you guys heard of this? This is basically where there's this guy that's like, 
I don't know. He's like a. I saw you watch this. 2000. And it's got a good writer, doesn't it? Is it's got a writer from Star Trek um, and the Twilight Zone. Um, yeah, what's his? It's uh, Jacoby. Oh, I thought it was someone different. Um, I think is is that his name or? No, Bixby. 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 Okay, that's not who I thought it was. Okay, Jerome Bixby. Um, it sounds like a fictional name, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. But basically, it's this guy who he's got to leave town. He's been in town for ten years, and all of a sudden, he's a professor. I got to go see you. And then he decides to tell his friends, all these professors and some students, that he's actually this guy that's been a, he's a caveman, and he's he's lived. He doesn't die. He doesn't know why but he's lived through all these eras and they're all like, you're full of shit. Why are you doing this? And they ask him questions and it's kind of interesting. as like a campfire story. My problem is kind. There's three major problems. This one, the acting shifts from that's pretty good. That's really good. Terrible. Oh, that's passable. Horrible. Really good. And sometimes within the same like monologue, like, it's, it's so all over the place. And there's people you kind of recognize. No one's big. Tony Todd is in this. He's probably the most consistent of them. But it's basically all these people trying to, like, poke holes in his story and can't. But he can't also prove. There's nothing yeah. to say. This is what it is. And they're like, well, don't you have anything from caveman times? He's like, if you live 40,000 years, do you think you'd be picking up this pen and keeping it with you the whole time? You don't think that way. Mm-hmm. And, and he, you know. I don't know. If I lived 100 years, I'd still have my old DVDs and shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 VHS, beta. <laughs> Maybe 10,000 years, or, or you might not anymore. Because uh, you, you, of course, you're going to think See, I think I'm bigger. a collector. I think I would like have a big mansion somewhere and just collect shit over the years. Well, that's the thing with him. He, is he, he, they go into it, and they basically say, you have to move. And you can't hold residency, because once you do that, questions start going to be asked. And he's mm-hmm. been in some situations where whenever somebody noticed that you haven't aged... You got to go or something bad happens. So acting is one problem. It also looks like total trash. It is like... Was this a TV film? It was... I think it was a movie, like low budget. This Richard Shankman produced it. Um, I, You know, he's done really nothing, to be honest. Uh, I think they just wanted this idea and get this idea made. Mm -hmm. The other is, as it goes along, it's kind of like... None of these philosophical questions are that interesting anymore. Like they're they're pretty like dorm room, yeah. To begin with, and now it's like okay, someone is so annihilated and thinks they're so smart, but it's actually pretty stupid. And they try to make this figure even more historically important every turn, and it becomes like a farce. It reminded me of like a CBS show from like the 90s where that you would have followed the, or the pretender or whatever yeah, I gotta say uh, what was that one with uh, uh oh, fuck uh, Scott Bayo what was that one oh Scott Quantum Leap Quantum Leap that's no, Quantum Leap is incredible no not Scott ba- Bayo um Scott Bakula Bakula yeah yeah this is like a really this would be like a really bad version of of Quantum, Quantum Leap. Leap apparently Quantum Leap just it has like a new series um, yeah. anyways yeah. I'm gonna give this one 5.5 <laughs> I can't ever imagine it's like there's some interesting stuff. People love this movie. Yeah, out of a lot of the films you watch, that's when I kind of read the synopsis. I'm like, ooh, I might kind of... It sounds it interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I eventually was kind of like, when, when is this going to be over? Like, I, I just, I didn't care about the... You I, felt like you were around this Caveman Times? <laughs> the movie started in Caveman Times? And it's all in one room, and, and it really has to be an actor's showcase, and none of them are that exceptional. Yeah. It, it, it has a laughable ending. 
uh, as well. And the last thing I'll, I'll talk about is I watched Encounters at the end, uh, end of the World. This is the Werner Herzog where he goes to Antarctica and he basically does the anti kind of like March of the Penguins, yeah. like the Herzog, like nature will fucking destroy us all sort of Look deal. Look at these penguins. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it, it shows like the inner workings of what Antarctica becomes, which is this is one town with... I think, is there a thousand people there in the summer months or maybe a little bit more? And it looks like just a fucking garbage town. Like there, it's just mud and it's awful. And that, but then you go out and it's beautiful and they go underneath the seawater and they, they oh, do things and it's fucking it, it, It's a documentary, I assume. It's a like, documentary, yeah. yeah. Um, really strong documentary. I, I'll probably give it, I'll probably give it seven point five. It, it, you know, Herzog is he narrating? He's narrating. Yeah, he can he can narrate anything. He can still be like, this is this is compelling. <laughs> it, like it's no grizzly man or anything, yeah. but what is? Nothing's grizzly. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, is that uh, it? That's that's it. Should we do? Um, well, we're gonna jump in before we get into uh, Rogue Nation. Yeah, we're gonna uh, have a, a guest list from the Popcorn uh, Podcast. Tim from the Popcorn Podcast put it together a top 10 list of 2007 for us to get our, our thoughts yeah. percolating. That was actually why I ended up watching uh, a Waitress was Cinema to Meep That's was so right. so big into it a, a few weeks ago um, and made me think, oh, maybe I should check this out. So mm. let's go see what uh, Tim okay. from the Popcorn Podcast had to say. Hey, it's Tim Eflin, co-host of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim and currently the host of its spinoff series, Popcorn Pals. I was so excited to revisit 2007 and see how many bangers there were that actually came out in this year. So pulling this list of 10 all the way down to one was pretty uh, exciting and challenging all the same. So my number 10 movie for 2007 is super bad. I mean, who hasn't seen this film who grew up in the 2000s? This is crude comedy brilliance at its best. So many iconic moments and launched the career of many of the best working today. The rewatch value here is endless and definitely a film to share with friends forever. Number nine is Across the Universe, directed by Julie Taylor. This brilliant musical inspired by the songs of the Beatles simply does not get enough credit for how wonderful it is visually, musically and performance-wise. It baffled me as to how this film flopped at the box office and didn't sweep the awards circuit. A, a mystery it will remain, but I thought it was excellent. Number nine is La Vie and Rose. What a stunning piece of art and one of the greatest on-screen performances of all time from Marianne Cotillard. I was deeply moved by this film when I first saw it, and I, I don't think I've watched it since, but I still have that feeling and fondness wash over me when I think about it. Uh, number seven is The Mist directed by Frank Darabont. I love and hate horror films uh, because I find them tormenting yet enjoyable to watch. This is a brilliant film and one that has stuck with me ever since I watched it. I mean, that ending is one of the all-time greats. Tense thriller stuff. I freaking love it. The Dejeeling Limited is number six for me, Wes Anderson. A huge Wes Anderson fan am I, and this is probably one of my favourites of his work. A brilliantly assembled cast, of course, always all his films are, and a story that is exciting and witty and hilarious. I just really, really love it. Number five for me is Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. I'm a huge fan of this haunting musical and think this is a really solid adaptation. Tim Burton is one of my favourite directors, and he has 
the perfect, he was the perfect choice to bring this one to the big screen. Great production values and brilliant performances that all come together to make a really fantastic film. Number four is Sunshine. This film blew me away when I stumbled across it at JB Hi-Fi back in 2007. It is one of the most underrated films of recent times and a classic in sci-fi horror. I love Danny Boyle's direction and the effects and production design are gorgeous. This is a film I often tell people about, you know, to go and watch if they are looking for something. I will always, always hero this movie. It is an absolute gem. So excited to share number three is Hot Fuss. This is one of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolutely brilliant. Kinetic action, cinematography, and brilliant writing and performances. It's so much fun, and its rewatch value is just exponential. Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, Martin Freeman. I mean, what a lineup of creatives and cast. Number two for me is Into the Wild, directed by Sean Penn, starring Emile Hirsch, Kristen Stewart, William Hurt in there, Marsha Gay Harden. I was so sucked into the beauty of this story and this film. It is so captivating. And it's one of those films that have just always stuck with me from a story and performance perspective. And I love to revisit this film. It is one of the greats. And I really think it's an underrated drama out there. Sean Penn has some excellent direction as as he usually does. My number one film for 2007 is There Will Be Blood, a Paul Thomas Anderson film starring Paul Dano and the one and only Daniel Day-Lewis. The reason is, is the bowling alley scene is my favorite scene of all time in any movie. It is perfection from a character, a scripting, a direction, performance and production design perspective, like all of those things, all of those moving parts. Everything that happens in that scene is utterly mesmerizing and world-class. It is a fantastic film and it is so good all the way through that it's just wild to think that it still had in the can the greatest scene ever to be filmed uh, to round out the movie. Brilliant. Well, there's my uh, top 10 for 2007. Thanks for having me. Catch you next time. Thanks, Tim. Uh, Great list. Very, uh, very cool list. I think we'll be. What's interesting about this is knowing you guys, knowing my own, where my own mm-hmm. list is kind of going. None of these lists have fallen in what I think we're going to hear on the show. It's right? Weird, right? Like I even forgot that like uh, Sweetie Todd was two thousand seven. Same with Across the Universe. Not like, and and not like our movies. Uh, like our picks are going to be similar either. I don't mm. think our list will probably end up looking. Uh, Totally the same, but there might be some overlap. What's really has the miss been on every single list? I think so. So far in the guest list, hmm. I think that might be the only one that's appeared on every single list. Really yeah, interesting. Because this one didn't have no country. Because up until like I guess this list, no country was in every list. I, I think. don't think. I think there's one that yeah, didn't have like didn't no have country. Oh, or yeah. There will be blood. Yeah, it didn't have either of them. I'm those are sure. the two big ones. Yeah, we ha- we haven't heard those those ones appearing as much and Zodiac. Yeah, yeah. Uh, appearing on as many lists, so I I, I love listening to that. I exactly. love I love how people have different personal connections. I also I want to start saying I I'm I'm heroing a movie. Yeah, right. Isn't that a great like? That's a pretty great line. Great great saying. You know, whenever you're picking something, you know, when I, whenever I'm trying to tell people something they haven't seen, I I I'd always hero uh, Spaceballs. <laughs> you can't go wrong with Spaceballs, can you? Can't. Can't. So, uh, should we get into... Uh, let's do it. Yeah, let's throw up. Here's the trailer. For the first film we're going to talk about tonight, uh, Mission Possible Rogue Nation 2015. Here you go. 
The IMF is uniquely trained and highly motivated. Specialist without equal, immune to any countermeasures. But it is an agency of chaos. The time has come to dissolve the IMF. Now I want you to choose your next words very carefully. Where is Hunt? Last I heard, he was tracking the syndicate. How come the CIA has never discovered any intel regarding the syndicate? You want the polite answer or the truth? We've never met before, right? Follow me. Benji. Ethan, where are you? The syndicate is real. A rogue nation trained to do what we do. An anti-IMF. They're coming after us with everything they've got. You ready? This may very well be our last mission. Let's make it count. So what's the play? You want to bring down the syndicate? It's impossible. How do you know we can trust her? Desperate times. Desperate measures. You have your seatbelt on? You asking me that now? Oh, hey, boys, what did I miss? With the IMF now disbanded and Ethan Hunt out in the cold, a new threat called the Syndicate soon emerges, a network of highly skilled operatives who are dedicated to establishing a new world order via an escalating series of terrorist attacks. Faced with what may be the most impossible mission yet, Ethan gathers his team and joins forces with Isla Faust, a disavowed British agent who may or may not be a member of this deadly rogue nation. Yes, we're talking about uh, Christopher McQuarrie's first entry into the Mission Impossible series, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation from 2015. This is the fifth movie now in the uh, series. Um, Yeah, yeah, I guess let's jump into it. Christopher McQuarrie, are you guys a fan before this film? He's Valkyrie, right? Well, he so he wrote a lot of like Usual Brian suspects. Singers. Yeah. yeah, he wrote he wrote his debut film, which I haven't seen Public Access, but he also wrote Usual Suspects, Valkyrie. Mm. Yeah, he's got like he, he the, the a uh, lot of those are great. Actually. The Way of the Gun. So Way of the Gun, he drew, I think he wrote and directed, directed. that. That's his big director. And Jack Reacher, the first Jack Reacher, he directed. Which I've never which, seen the first Jack Reacher. A lot of people really love that. I, I like it, but not as mm. much as other people. But he he wrote Edge of Tomorrow, which again is another. Yeah, I love favorite. that movie. Yeah. But then again, he then he did like The Mummy, so he kind of does these like. Great film. But not now, so great now film, the great money. Film. He just was a uh, one of many writers, wasn't he? I believe so. Yeah. I, well, I think that whole project was like kind of Tom Cruise came on, and then it's like, well, how do we turn it into a Tom Cruise project? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's one film where maybe Tom Cruise's fingers have might it. have not, you know, 
It might have been better without him joining that. Just like everyone wants him to see him join the MCU, and I'm like, no, let's not. Yeah. Please, never. Yeah. Um, oh, and he did write Top Gun Maverick, which, again, I'm not sure if he was among other writers or that was strictly... I think... Uh, might have just been him? Or did the director have a hand in it? I, I can't remember. But, yeah, yeah. like, he seems to follow Cruz wherever Cruz is going. Yeah. Like, even in Ghost Protocol, you know, there's... Yeah, he, a lot of the main sections he was a kind of, of that ghostwriter on that yeah. a bit, uh, fixing it up, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Again, like Jack Reacher, Edge of Tomorrow, Valkyrie, like th- these are all top tier in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Tom Cruise movies, or at least you know, from the, from the past 10, 20 years. Uh, so yeah, every everyone is kind of back in this film. We have Bing Rains back, Jeremy Renner is back, Simon Pegg is back. Uh, the biggest introduction is the villain. We have Sean Harris as Solomon. Oh yeah, Lane. Lane, who is the leader of the syndicate. I think I think he's fantastic. Like I think he's up there with Philip Seymour Hoffman as my favorite villain of the Mission Impossible see, series. He is like a slow simmering like uh, terror. See, I think maybe why um, he was in a show called The Borgias, and he was this kind of backstabbing character that was could be like terrifying. Mm-hmm. He was so much. He plays basically the same character in this. He's so much better in that show than he is here. Than he is here. He just doesn't really give him much to do to make mm. him terrifying to me. Like he's fine as the lead. I just always feel like he's. I, I like him more in this one than I do in 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 Fallout. I'll, I'll spoil that. But I think he's got some great dialogue in this. So I don't mm. know. They're they're okay. Like his bad guy lines, and he does have that slow kind of like you you can. He's just a he's a really good actor, but I mm. feel like he plays this guy. This I've seen this role from him. Well, ha- have you guys seen the Red Riding trilogy? I think I've been trying to get you guys to watch that for the longest no, time. No, I haven't seen that. Yeah, you know, one that's like a 1969. Yeah, it's 19, like three movies. Yeah. They're all connected. You did. I, I saw the first one. It's super fucking dark, but he's mm-hmm. in that. He's the fucking evil bastard in that. It's Andrew mm-hmm. Garfield. That's kind of like what put him on the mm-hmm. map. He's great in that as well. Um, I, I highly recommend that, but it's, yeah, have to, you got to be in the right mood because it's like it's nine it's hours, right? Dark. Well, no, no, it's like each movie is like an hour and a half, two hours. It's two oh, okay. movies. Um, but yeah, yeah, originally they like thought about putting that out really as one, right? Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, yeah, oh, I've, I've always I've wanted to see that for a, a long, long time. So. Um, but we're also introduced maybe my favorite character of the whole Mission Impossible series, minus Tom Cruise, Rebecca Ferguson as definitely my uh, Ilsa Foster, yeah. the uh, the uh, MI6 Disavowed. British agent. Um, she's she's an, I think she's great. I mean, you just talked about her in, in the in show. Shiloh, yeah, she's mm-hmm. this weird actress though, where she does like I feel like she needs a better agent because outside of like the Mission Impossible films, I mean, she did Doctor Sleep, which and Dune. I know you guys liked, and Dune is a big one, but she's done a lot of like questionable. She hasn't done roles. that much either. That's the other thing. Like, yeah, uh, she should. I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of glad that she's not in fucking everything and become like. Oh, I'm so sick of seeing Rebecca Ferguson. She's also in like these um, big movies that take a lot of time. Yeah. So that like uh, yes, for every Mission Impossible it takes even what, the like, Fallout, they all had to sit around for two months. Yeah. yeah. And they yeah I guess because he busted his leg, right? Yeah. So like that's a, that's yeah. for an actor, two months off. That's probably like three or four movies that you might have said no. Like some yeah. some indie movies are twenty days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but this is really like she she was a. a a Finnish actor who had done like bit things on TV there, mm-hmm. then was in the White Queen, which I'm not seen, but it's supposed to be a really good TV show. And this is it. Th- I think her big North American blockbuster was she started in Hercules, which 
Oh no, I have seen her because I don't remember her or much of that film. <laughs> right. I think that's the rock. Is she right? is she much in that movie though? I thought she was like one of the leads, but I could be totally wrong. We're talking about the Arnold Schwarzenegger Hercules, right? Yeah, I wish. <laughs> um, no, this is the Rock. They tried to. Uh. And then she did Life as well, that sci-fi kind of alien right. knockoff, which I don't know if I've seen that either. Maybe that's I the one with Martin remember. Lawrence I haven't seen and that Eddie one. Murphy. Life. No, I, I love that life. Uh, we're also introducing this one to Alec Baldwin. He's the new uh, director. Of the I CIA. actually like Alec Baldwin as like, like the ball busting. I, know, like, I CIA like all agent. the CIA. Like mm-hmm. I liked, uh, you know, the fucking camera's name in the first film. Who's He's fantastic back. in the first. Film. But I, I like. I know you yeah. didn't, but I thought Dennis. Um, Who's who's in in part two? Uh, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Uh, he was fine. Like I yeah. don't know. I, I like that they get these big name actors for these little mm. parts. I, I really liked in part three, Lawrence Fishburne, mm. uh, and then who's part four? It's still Lawrence Fishburne, isn't it? Yeah, is he? No, I don't even think they have anyone in, in part four, right? Because they they have the senator guy who gets killed in that one. They don't really show because the IMF is. They just have Tom Wilkinson and yeah. Uh, who's who's chasing after him? Billy Cudrup, or is that part three? Jeremy, that, that's three. Jeremy Renner is, yeah, is with him. Yeah, that that's. I don't remember. I don't think they have really any the directors say. And then this one, yeah, I, I like Alec Baldwin in this. I think he's he's good. So this really, I just checked it up. She was like the eleventh cast in Hercules. So this is really like she goes from not really known at all into like nurse major, number three from Hercules. Major major role yeah. here. Um, but you're right. She hasn't really done. Is, li- is too life much. before this or just after this? Uh, life is just after this, a okay. couple of years after. Oh, okay. Hmm. Um, like again, she doesn't. She's she's a bit part in in another movie. Well, she's the lead in Reminiscence, which was a bomb, which I I didn't mind, but it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. And then Doctor Sleep, Sleep obviously didn't do what, well. And, and she's great in Doctor Sleep. It, yeah, she's the best part of Doctor Sleep again. And and then she, was she in Men in Black? Three, which I've never seen. I haven't seen it. It's, I think that's like part four or five, actually. And then but, uh, the kid who would be king, which I'm really curious about. I've heard good things about that for a family movie. That's mm-hmm. Joe Cornish should do the attack the block, and it yeah. took yeah. forever to get this other movie made. I've been wanting to watch. It. I remember we I got it from the library to watch with my son, and like we just never got to because mm-hmm. I was like, I think you might like. This. It's on Disney. Okay. So maybe know. maybe after we get through the series. Anyways, yeah. Rebe- that's Rebecca Ferguson yeah. for you folks. <laughs> I I just I, yeah I, I was curious about her career because yeah like she's an actress. Again, I'm glad she hasn't become the Margot Robbie where she's doing three movies, she's yeah. in everything. Because sometimes overexposure kind of, you know, it hinders you. I, sometimes I like where they just do a. It good sounds movie here like and she's there. trying to develop a lot of things. Like she's a producer on Silo. She's yeah. trying to uh, produce okay. this other movie right now. They were talking about it at when they were at the Rome uh, grand opening for Dead Reckoning. So I, I feel like she's yeah. in control a little bit. And really. You're in Mission Impossible. Yeah. Three of those, two Dune movies. Yeah. You're doing all right. What's going to yeah. be of uh, the last 10 years? What are and, big and, movies? Unless she gets killed off. Who knows in the new one? We don't know, but uh, we'll talk about that That's next, true. next episode. But uh, so let's talk about the opening of this film. Uh, one of the crazier stunts that Tom <laughs> Cruise has done. Insane, right? You, have you guys seen the side by side of like. I have watched yeah, the making of the. Yeah, of, yeah. of him hanging onto the airplane. Yeah. There's a strap, a black strap that holds yeah. him in. That's it. That's insane. Yeah. Insane. And then it's actually he's nothing else is different. Well, even if he like yeah. if, if he but, smacks a bird flying by or I, something, I heard like, they had to like a clear the area of birds like beforehand. It took the crazy a, thing too, we don't think of this. It's like that's a crazy stunt. He's not doing this once. It's not like we have to get this. He did this like eight times. Yeah. Really? The motorcycle crazy. stunt too, which is crazy in the new film. 
I watched the making of that to the point where I've kind of spoiled that scene oh, for me, but no. I, could, I couldn't help myself. It just started playing after the trailer, and I got into watching it. <laughs> it's like they don't do this once; like they do this like fucking fifteen times. You are on your computer downstairs, and your wife comes down like, "Okay, what are you watching? Nothing, nothing. It's fine. That's cool." <laughs> no, she knows. I don't have to hide it from her. <laughs> She's like, "Are you masturbating to Tom Cruise again?" Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, what are you gonna do? No, actually, I was actually showing her the trailer because I'm like, yeah. "Have you have you seen the trailer for the new movie?" And and then that like just automatically played after mm. it and didn't turn it off because it was fascinating but uh yeah for that even alone the motorcycle it's like he had to do like just for the motorcycle part doing jumps we'll, we'll talk about the next yeah. one yeah anyways yeah that 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 opening is insane i it might be could it be is it possibly the most insane stunt he did would you put any of the other ones above I, it i i guess flying the helicopter is yeah gotta which be is up crazy there. too yeah. at the end yeah which and that scene i don't think i fully appreciated that when i've seen that previously like I saw. I was watching the 4K, and like that is the one scene out of everything that just stood out to me. Man, like I don't think that scene gets enough credit. Like that is him fucking flying yeah. around, and yeah. it looks incredible. Like it, it's some I, of the shit he's doing. I know some of it. I'm sure is a stunt or whatever. It's maybe it's making it look like, and there's an actual pilot behind him. I doubt he could do everything, but I know a lot of that he yeah. did. Or do. there's going to be set pieces where they're not yeah. even in the air, right? Yeah. But yeah, I think some of that I was reading, like some of that was he did, and it's it's pretty crazy. Like he had to, when you're doing that low and stuff, like it gets dangerous. Of um, yeah, I didn't. I, I appreciate that scene more. Um, I think I around. appreciated that scene more. Which yeah, that's in the yeah, that's movie. In the next yeah, film. yeah, yeah. We're gonna talk about it in a second. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie; these two films really blend together for me because I kind of well, they kind of the same villain. Yeah, exactly, they are kind of connected in in a way. They they do have different vibes. Yeah, though. like I feel like this one has a much. Uh, th- I think that one's more action. This one's more suspense. Yeah, there's there's more kind of twisty elements. I do mm-hmm. feel like this one almost feels a little bit more like a Mission Impossible movie than Fallout did when I I, yeah. I rewatched it. Um, yeah, because well, remember I watched yeah. these later and I watched Ghost Protocol and 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 Rogue Nation and Fallout basically within a, a week mm-hmm. yeah. for the first time. So they all kind of blurred together. This time separating them helped. R- really kind of helped. I've I've been trying to watch them a little bit apart. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still close together, but I know them now, and and I actually think they're quite different movies. Yeah. Um, and I like both of them. I I, I mm-hmm. for what you know what they yeah. do. But the, some of the best aspects of this, it all revolves around the interplay between Tom Cruise and Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah. yeah. More than it is like that first stunt is crazy. Mm-hmm. But do you? I don't know. Outside, like outside of that, is there another top? Tier. Well, see, the other big stunt is they he has to they do the underwater heist. Yes, and now that's a scene I like it. And again, I didn't like it as much when I saw it theaters. I think it played better this time around for me. But that's a scene where like where he actually did it. He actually had to hold his breath for three minutes, and they did it in one take. You don't get that in this film. I do feel like the this stunt guy said he did it for six, six, minutes. six minutes. That's insane. Um, but I, I would have loved to see maybe a, a one, like, I do feel that scene becomes almost too CGI that it doesn't have, I wonder, I don't know, I wonder if I, if they didn't add all that shit, if it would have played better for me. Mm-hmm. I still do really like it. I think there's some great tension where, that's a scene, right, where uh, Benji's walking, right? Is that, is that, yeah, yes. that mixed up? Okay. Yep. So he and, has and to get through security so and he has the, to do you it. You have to do the cuts. Yeah. yeah. If you do it all in one, uh, oneer, there's no tension to the actual for the yeah the Benji stuff. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah I don't know that that scene like 
It's not as exciting, though, to me as it sh- probably should be considering he did that. That's like one of those things, he did that, and it's like, that's one scene where you didn't have to, the way it plays. Yeah. Because it does feel like it's all, it, like, I didn't realize any of that was real And to I me. don't it, think it they, they knew probably how they were going to cut the movie. Yeah. Like, that's the one thing with these movies. It's not like... Uh, I feel like there was probably, like, action, like pieces like all right how do we make a movie around these action pieces they, what's, they, what's next? and they don't uh, often i think know how they're going to cut them with other things mm-hmm. it's not it's the one thing with these movies occasionally is they're a little loose these aren't hitchcock like super or even de palma's first movie which does feel like it's working clockwork right like yeah. that scene where he goes into the cia and steals that information every cut you know every cut has been planned yeah, yeah. I never feel like any of these movies since then have that kind of clockwork technique. They don't need it either. They're mm. not those type of movies. But that's probably why he shot it all in one because they were like, well, yeah. maybe we'll do this. And they probably looked at it and were like, well, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I still get a lot of tension. At, yeah, of course, it it yeah. did work better for me this time. I, I think the stunt I don't care about. It feels like just a CGI scene, but I do think it does play well with the tension of Benji and is he, mm-hmm. he going to make it in time? Um, I do want to talk about the introduction to two characters. The two characters I said were great. Yeah. Uh, Solomon Lane, I like his introduction where he's in the record store and yeah. the yeah. mission comes up on the computer screen and syn- the syndicate has hacked it and it's like, you have the mission to fucking pretty much die. Yeah. <laughs> and the gas comes out and they know he's Ethan Hunt. Like, that's all. They've, that's pretty scary. Yeah, that's cool. at the beginning. And then you look in the, the, the young girl IMF agent there, oh, they he just shoots take her in the her head. Off. Like that was um, a great way to introduce him as a villain, because you know, with, what's mm-hmm. uh, more villainous than shooting a, a young, <laughs> young uh, little blonde girl in a mm-hmm. in a vinyl store? Even though, again, she is an agent. But um, and then and then Rebecca Ferguson also has a great introduction where Tom Cruise is caught. He's tied up. Kind of reminds me actually of the scene of Lethal Weapon. Yeah, when he's getting uh, tortured. Oh yeah, where he's tortured. Yeah. He's hung up. And that scene where even he escapes the pole oh, that's is crazy, crazy. Right? But this this right away sets the tone of this film that the action in this is like raw and gritty. You feel the punches. This is the first yeah. one of them all. Like coming off a of Ghost Protocol, which I love, but it kind of has a silliness. Like I remember watching that and be like, saying to Becky, like, oh yeah, like Cohen could have watched that, wasn't that? But this one... Right away, I'm like, I don't know if this might be too much because I don't know. The, the action scenes just feel when the bone doctor is working him over. The, yeah, it's, like, uh, you and feel every punches. punch, you feel and anticipation hear every punch. too of yeah. what the bone doctor might do. You yeah. believe it in yeah. it. Yeah, see, he pulls out the suitcases full of like all this uh, all knives and tools. Uh, yeah, tools of the trade. But the, but yeah, the, the action scene in that is great. I do. I love the um, the action chase as well. The car motorcycle scene later on, I think, is amazing. I think McQuarrie is yeah. great at doing. Like, we get another one, uh, great chase scene in Fallout that might even mm-hmm. top this one. And I've heard Dead Reckoning. It's like a 20-minute, I've heard the rumor, 20-minute <laughs> chase scene, which seems like a long, but I've also heard Reckoning. It's it's the longest movie. I think it's two hours and 45 minutes, which season seems insane for a part one. But the one thing I have been hearing from a lot of reviews is it doesn't feel like it, uh, like it races through. By. So we'll we'll find out. But yeah, I, I think the, the chase sequence in this is, is pretty incredible. I love all that stuff. Um the highlight for me, though, as you mentioned, is not really. I mean, it has action, but it's not really an action scene. It's a the opera thrilling. scene. The opera yeah. scene. My God, this is. I think that doesn't have it, any right to yeah, be. Yeah, it's Hitchcockian. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, it's the man who do too much. Yeah, yeah, there's even that like where like the uh, the gunfire when that like uh, a yeah. uh, timpani hits like it, that's it, right out of. I Hitchcock. might even say just crazy yeah. is I like it better than the yeah. man who knew too much scene. I don't know. Um, it. it Plays better for me. I, it's, I, like, it's well, this is a better movie than the man who knew too much. I'll say yeah. that for mm-hmm. for sure. Um, 
Yeah, like I I I, I like this that one better th- this time. That was the one the first time I watched this that maybe because I've seen that like picked up in different places yeah. before, but I'm I was maybe more invested in what her character was doing or what was going on with What Benji. I think they keep on throwing you for a loop. It's like you seem it's going this way and then they throw something else at mm-hmm. you and you don't know is Rebecca Ferguson is What's she her a, motives? Yeah, exactly. And even but even the bad guys they got different bad guys around, and, and how is he going to stop it? I think it plays really well. And they even throw in some comedy elements in it, which work for me. They're not cringy. I feel like th- this series, McCory, he does have comedy elements, but it never feels as cringy as something you'd get in some of these other modern blockbusters. Mm-hmm. But there's some great comedy. I think both with, four uh, and five work quite well Yeah, in the comedy department. Mm-hmm. It's another thing that I'm, I'm hoping they maybe have a little bit more than six in the other one so it doesn't get so serious. I don't want this to become like a Nolan yeah. series. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. We'll talk about when we get to Fallout. But, yeah. Um, like, just, I, yeah. I just don't, like, this. these are supposed to be fun. Yeah. I. This is kind of like the balance in between Ghost Protocol, which may be the most fun of the series, and... And then six is maybe the most serious. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like that in between. It, it, it it's yeah, serious, but it still has I the still comedy elements. I still think you you can have the comedy elements, but you need to like the stakes have to be real, so there has to be suspense. Like these are basically like we we've mentioned Hitchcock <laughs> a few times, but they're yeah. basically as close to we get to that sort of style like movie that gets lots of people going to see a movie, but it's not mm-hmm. it. You know, you yeah, know, it's not a superhero movie or whatever, or a movie yeah. that was made uh, forty years ago. They're rehashing, and yes. the, yeah, the, the, another fun sequence is, is the uh, the prime minister, which again you get some stuff. Oh yeah, that's funny with yeah. Tom Hollander. He mm-hmm. plays that so well, and you, you get some cool stuff. Again, these films always have at least one great sequence with a mask and surprise and stuff. And I love all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff in there. Um, and then yeah, the, the finale is another kind of exciting foot chase through London and some great action scenes like. Yeah, I don't know. The the one thing I will say, I guess the opera scene is there, the opening, but I don't know if this... Uh, the car chase is pretty fucking good, too. Yeah, I don't know. It does have some great sequences. Yeah, like, the sequences are all solid. They're maybe just not as showy yeah. as mm-hmm. some of the stuff that you get in Ghost Protocol or you get in, in, in the... Yeah, like, uh, well, we're going to talk about Fallout in a second, but, like, I do feel like that one takes all the action sequences and one-ups them, other than, I think, the opera scene in this. There isn't a, a tension scene in Fallout, right? Like there's there's uh, like there's action scenes, but there's not suspense scenes. Yeah, I do find the 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 yeah we'll get into it. That the heist with the where he has to break out lane it, it has some tense stuff though, like how he's going to pull all that off and everything. But yeah, I I, yeah. I I agree with you. Yeah, like that's still like two seconds, and then you're yeah. into the big yeah. action sequence. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah. but like I feel like this one is it's more about the cat and mouse game between the characters, so the movie kind of echoes that yeah, in a way. Yeah. This one, yeah, this one went up a little bit for me in in, uh, in rewatch, which, I, uh, I'll be honest, I think every single one of these... Has gone up? As a part two. <laughs> has got, and part two, which I I never had seen in, yeah. like I'd saw it on TBS and see, clips and always laughed at it, and it was like, holy fuck, who watches this movie? And And... I, I have that opinion. Holy fuck, who watches this movie? <laughs> some people have that as their favorite. Like, not many, but some people, and I, that just 
contrarians. That's all yeah. that it is. No, I know. I if you're a John Woo fan, you really love that ba- ballet style. I mean, that is in full effect. But, Maddie just uh, almost fell out of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, John Woo. If, if you, if what, yeah. what, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> if you could see the comfy chair he's in, and I thought he was just gonna fall right into the piano that's behind him. It was uh, quite a quite amazing sequence there of events. But yeah, like maybe you like John Woo and don't like any of other aspects like no one's thinking that's a good, good job movie. Mu- woo movie even yeah i yeah. Uh, to me it's like on par to a lot of his american stuff yeah. i don't know i, I, I guess the, i haven't seen a lot of the, the american editing stuff, on the second one ones. was so bad like i feel like the john movies american like they're edited correctly for what he does where like part two is just Fast-paced editing, but didn't make sense yeah, for what he it, was trying to do. And all, you, you definitely feel crew. Anyways, we talked yeah, about yeah, 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 part yeah, two, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like other than that, three went up a bit. Yeah. Like not, I still don't think three is a great movie, but uh, it's a good movie. Uh, a movie that still didn't got the best sense. villain, probably. Yeah, it definitely has the best villain. Yeah. Villain, there's no question. Like I keep thinking, like, what if Philip Seymour Hoffman was in these two movies, right? Uh, um, yeah. And. That's nothing to take away yeah. from this actor. Well, and maybe too, like Philip Seymour Hoffman, I think kind of steals that film. He is that film. I think if you add him to this film, like you know, it might take too much time up. I mean, these films keep on getting longer and longer. Yeah, I guess depends. Do you want to spend this time one could have worked? There's there's a bunch of Solomon Lane sequences that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I just uh, yeah they're fine. Uh, like he's 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 he's. he's a good villain, but not like a holy fuck in my top. He's not C- Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, he's not that that for me. And then four definitely went up. Like I, mm-hmm. I, uh, I like that movie, but the hokiness I kind of leaned into a little bit more. And yeah, this one went up for me as well. Um, before we give our ratings, I'll just get the trivia away because I don't have anything. I uh, just it had a budget of 150 million. It did 682.7 million. So we are Ghost Protocol. Was like got the franchise back on top. Mm-hmm. Everyone's excited to see where they're going to go, and then this one comes out. And it, this was all these films. I think, I think this was the eighth of the year. It's pretty well reviewed. Um, yeah. yeah, like I think it it didn't do quite the numbers. Maybe it could have, but it's still you're starting to see it it go up, right? Like I think mm-hmm. it did a little bit less than. Ghost I think they were. I think the opening weekend was big, bigger, so they yeah. were expecting it. It dropped a little, which is strange to me. But maybe again, but that might be times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, movies are in the theaters. Less. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's hard to say. Twenty fifteen, Netflix is already, mm-hmm. yeah, a, a, kind of a big deal. I think it more is probably like what the competition is to in theaters, right? Because what we're going to see with Fallout, yeah, that that movie does huge numbers. I think the biggest of the the franchise. Um, but yeah, anyways, yeah. What are you guys' final thoughts, ratings on this one? I think I'm going eight. Okay. Yeah, I really dug this. Uh, I was. I yeah, I'm gonna go eight point five. I, I. I'm gonna go eight point five. Yeah. I. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going. I think I'm going eight point five. I, I had this as an eight. I think in my original rating, mm-hmm. which I think I did all these on on this sh- show potentially. Yeah, possibly. Uh, when COVID that that COVID one COVID episode we did maybe I, I think I might have uh, talked about these but yeah it, it went up a, a little bit I almost went nine I almost yeah. go nine mm-hmm. I just sometimes feel like I think it's missing a little bit something and I think it never peaks I think that opera scene it never even comes close to that like that is so much mm-hmm. better like again I think the other scenes are great action scenes, but I feel like those action scenes get better than the yeah, next like film. Yeah, like even, that, even mm-hmm. the cat, like the the cat and mouse at the end with Solomon Lane. Yeah, it's like a, it's good. Uh, it's yeah. a good gotcha, but like yeah, 
The stunt, though, I do think the opening stunt is pretty great. Yeah. The opening but stunt it is, is like, crazy. If that's like a five-minute thing. No, I, but, think, yeah. I think the underwater sequence is, you know, maybe you don't have the tension of, of feeling like Tom Cruise, the person, is in yeah. danger, yeah. but it's really well yeah. edited, edited and put yeah. to get, uh, together. Like, that and the opera sequence are, are really exceptional. Yeah. Uh, and you get that opening scene that you talked about like that sets the tone of the movie that shit could happen yeah I, I do think too this is just a gorgeous film there's like McCurry knows how to like frame a shot there's a lot of great stuff with Ferguson in the opera house with the gun oh, yeah. and like oh, there's a lot of cool stuff yeah with her leg coming yeah, up yeah 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 mm. You you get that's a lot a, of that. That's a that's a beautiful shot. Yeah, yeah I, I think there's a lot of those shots in this film that like I would just pause and be like that's a fucking perfect frame right there mm. like you know, there's a lot of those like would make great screensavers. I always say it. So is that the a, third Maniac? That's the third Maniac yeah. franchise. Because you you gave eight to the last one as yep. well. Um, and you and you I did. Think I did eight and a half yeah. in the last one. And then and then the first one we think, we I, almost. I, I gave a nine. Maddie, I gave a I, nine I as well. Little, I think eight point yeah. five. No, I think it was just an eight. eight. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, let's move on then. Here, let's, We're going to move on to the, the next film. We're going to talk about the last film for tonight's episode. Uh, here is a trailer for Mission Impossible Fallout from 2018. Your mission. Should you choose to accept it? I wonder, did you ever choose not to? The end you always feared is coming. And the blood will be on your hands. The fallout of all your good intentions. You had a terrible choice to make in Berlin. One life over millions. And now the world is at risk. This is the CIA's mission. If he had held on to the plutonium, we wouldn't be having this conversation. His team would be dead. Yes, they would. That's the job. You don't understand what you're involved in. You need to walk away. Please don't make me go through you. How many times has Hunt's government betrayed him, disavowed him, cast him aside? How long before a man like that has had enough? Ethan, that's not who we are. Maybe we need to reconsider that. How is he? Oh, you know. Same old Ethan. What the hell is he doing? I find it best not to look.
Ethan Hunt and the IMF team joined forces with CIA assassin August Walker to prevent a disaster of epic proportions. Arms dealer John Lark and a group of terrorists known as the Apostles plan to use plutonium cores for a simultaneous nuclear attack on the Vatican, Jerusalem, and Mecca, Saudi Arabia. When the weapons go missing, Ethan and his crew find themselves in a desperate race against time to, to prevent them from falling into the wrong hands. Yes, we're talking about Mission Impossible Fallout from 2018. Again, McQuarrie returns here. The first director to make a second I, film in the franchise. I guess everyone's back. Well, I guess White Widow's being introduced in well, this one. Well, uh, Renner leaves it, is not back because I guess he End had uh, Hawkeye. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he, had to, he was busy with some Marvel films. But in return, we get Henry Cavill... Uh, as August Walker. Yeah, I make that trade. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just made my arms turn into uh, guns. I mean, reloading my guns. I don't know what he was doing there, but that is such like a great oh, like walk. Um, everyone it's a else, crazy badass move. Yeah, everyone else is pretty much back, but we also get introduced to another like who's becoming kind of a favorite, and she's going to be back. For oh the yeah, next she's film. great. Uh, Vanessa Kirby as uh, the White Widow. Uh, Max's daughter yeah Max's daughter yeah. and I, I think she does a good job it's like she kind of has that Max vibe yeah. to her yeah. uh, but kind of like a younger modern Max um, and we're also introduced to Angela uh, Bassett who is the new uh, director of the CIA because Alec Baldwin is yeah, now Angela Bassett doesn't have much to Sorry, do in this Bassett. Mm-hmm. Um, but her little scenes I think she kind of has like a presence as like a badass she's Angela Bassett like she's gonna yeah. have a yeah. presence know who I, I want to ask you about this Wes Bentley? What is Wes Bentley? (laughs) That's a weird, like, nothing role. Yeah. uh, Alec Baldwin in this doesn't seem comfortable ever to me. I I felt it the first time I watched this, and I was like, you know what? I was probably, like, just so caught up in other things that I'm going to say he's actively bad. Like, Mm. he just seems so unlocked with all the other guys. Whenever Mm. he's spilling out jargon, it, it just feels weird and it's so interesting watching just from the other movie i think he's good in the other movie yeah i don't know why is he bad in this like his death scene is like i kind of went <laughs> like i i just don't i don't understand like, hey, he's going to some personal they stuff had to time. kill him off they were like what the fuck is alec baldwin doing now he's just like reading things weird the whole time like hmm. the gravitas he's giving to certain lines don't make any sense like hmm. it's so what 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 drugs may, might have been on there? Like, I think the cast is phenomenal. I love Vanessa Kirby as addition. I even like her little Weasley brother. Um, I think everybody's really killing it. Uh, even Michelle Monaghan, who could be a nothing role to come back, she actually kind of brings some emotion in their little pieces. Mm-hmm. Alec Baldwin is just like... Well, Ving Graham's got a speech, too, that I don't know if he pulls off, but uh, it's okay. Yeah, I, I felt that the first time I watched it more than this one. That that speech just also doesn't make any fucking sense. The one where he's talking to Rebecca Ferguson? Yeah. Why, like, her whole motivation of, like, why she won't, like, be why she won't completely do the right thing and... and, and get out. Get out or, or get out of their way or just not shoot at them or... It's like... <laughs> Just step aside for a bit, or, or like yeah. it doesn't. None of that stuff makes any any goddamn sense. And that the the Ving Rhames speech is like just like hammering that in. <laughs> That's it. I'll, I'll get out. Everything else about this movie is fucking brilliant. Um, I I will say so. Hans Zimmer does the score in this. This is my favorite score is it of the franchise. I thought it was no. It's not Zimmer. 
Yeah, I thought it was Simmer, no? No, it's... um. Uh, it's not Zimmer. Oh, sorry. It sounds totally Zimmer. It's Lauren Balf. Oh, wait. Is it Lauren Balf? Um, I'll, I'll tell you. I know it's not Zimmer. It sounds very Zimmer. It totally has a Dark yeah. Knight vibe to it. I've always thought this was a hand Zimmer score. Um, either way, I love the uh, score in this. This is my favorite score. It definitely has that. It has like that. Yeah. Like it, it's constantly moving. This film is always moving. It's it's like a ticking time bomb. It totally feels like something that would be in a in Nolan, you know, a Hans Zimmer Nolan uh, kind of score. Yeah, Lauren Balf, yeah. who did the Top Gun one as as well, and and really, you know, not not a bunch of other like. Yeah, I don't even know who he is. <laughs> um, like he did Florida Project, Black Widow, Black Adam. I I'm okay on the score. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest in this one. I think it's really it's effective. I don't love the. The uh, percussive scores Zimmer stuff, right? Mm. And, and I'm just over it. But I think it works fine in this yeah. one. It, it's not that it's just, I think it's one of the best impressions of that. But you get that in every fucking like dark, tense blockbuster scene. It's these like, days, yeah. All, all it was missing was, and and this is why I think it's actually a, a good score. It's a good score. Mm-hmm. It's you don't have any of the like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They always do that, like with the blast of the horn. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that it's the only score that I would listen to outside of the movie. I, I love the score in this. I, there's a great moment, um, and I'm jumping ahead, where he has to plan this heist. But the way they have it planned, a bunch of cops are yeah. going to die. He's going to have to kill. And they show, and again, I know, normally I'd hate this word because it's a nothing scene that doesn't really go anywhere. But it's him kind of planning in his head what's going to happen. And you think, oh shit, it's Tom Cruise killing all these cops. But the score during that, I think, is fucking fantastic. It turns out it's just him mm-hmm. thinking his head, and he's like, shit, they, this they can't go that way. They do this quite a lot in this movie where they set you up to, like, this is happening. Well, like, they do it twice. Uh, I think. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, the first sequence, I think, maybe isn't needed, but it's fine. But I, I think that sequence, though, is, is great. I, I think it's that, great. That is almost like, almost like a comedy sequence at the end of that. It's like, oh, that's actually kind of a nice little gag they did there with that Wolf Blitzer and what have you. Oh yeah, in the first one, yeah. I preferred that one to the one where he doesn't kill the cops. Mm-hmm. But... Oh, really? Oh, I love that one. Um, uh, yeah, so the syndicate in this one is now the apostles. They've reorganized. They're more of a terrorist group. Um, this film, you don't get a big necessarily stunt opening. It's it's a mm-hmm. shootout in a tunnel. Again, kind of remind me of Ronin actually, um, where he chooses Ving Rhames' life over. Yeah. Uh, the, the bomb, the plutonium gets, uh, you know, gets loose out there, and that's kind of this film. They have to get it back, and uh, they're kind of blamed for this. That you know, you're choosing, you're choosing your group over the mission. And it's like mm. that's not what the, the IMF's supposed to be. The mission first, but really, uh, they they don't open up with a big stunt, but they basically just fill up the rest of the two hour runtime with just like. Constant. There's not a lot of big stunts, movies. but there is big action sequences. Stupid. Like, but yeah, all of them are stunts. Like, yeah. the, like all the the motorcycle, the car yeah. stuff. Like, mm-hmm. he's the the helicopter, as we mentioned. Yeah. He's still the, the, the halo, halo jump? jump. The halo jump. Yeah. The fight sequence. Mm-hmm. And the bathroom is in the bathroom. Incredible. That is an insane bathroom fight, right? Like, yeah. That that uh that is one of the greatest action I'd say it's, fight yeah, sequences. Definitely the best of the series. Yeah. Definitely the best of the series. Um, and I like that they kind of going against someone that is holding off both of them. It shows yeah, how fucking tough that guy yeah. was. 
Um, I do see the Halo scene. I really like, but again, that's another one where you see like the behind the scenes. I almost like it better than like they add this thunderstorm and it like just feels like a CGI sequence for like the first bit, but then it does. Mm-hmm. I think you. Get I guess again, it, it, like it's that actually brings the tension in the sequence because he's trying to save. Like yeah. instead of them just doing a Halo jump, which is crazy, yeah. but there'd be no tension because both these people are capable of doing the Halo jump. Well, they're not capable of doing the Halo jump when the one guy is unconscious and he's trying to... But you yeah. could do something where maybe he doesn't know... Because at the beginning, he says, like, you're, you're going to yeah, fucking yeah. screw yourself up by turning the auction on or whatever. He could have had him knocked out another way. But yeah, whatever. It, it's not the end of the world, but I do feel like, again, when you see that behind the scenes, it's insane. And then when you sit in the thing, it's like, ah, oh, okay. It just... I don't know. when you're. It just feels like sometimes... You don't maybe need to do these big real stunts if you're just going to do them with a green screen background for a chunk of it, anyways. Mm-hmm. Like you're not, you're doing it to sell that you're doing it, but then you're covering up all the background anyway. So I why think do it's it? It's still like, you know, they're in the fucking air. Like you can feel that. I think you do the last half. So like, there's two parts yeah. to that. There's a CGI, and I think the second half where he's trying to save him, that you can actually see the skyline and it yeah. looks beautiful. And it does almost feel like a different change. Like it goes from this crazy cloudy storm to like... But they only, like that storm yeah. takes two seconds too. Yeah. Like yeah. they basically jump out of the plane. Like after he tells him, maybe we shouldn't jump in this. Yeah. Guy just jumps. They go there and instantly he's zapped. I'd rather he yeah. just do it during a real storm and actually get yeah. shocked by lightning. <laughs> um, You're a purist that yeah, way. Yeah. You're going to sell this done, really sell it. Uh, for me, like... The my favorite things in this and are are always going to be when there's like also stakes at something else that's going on mm-hmm. with with the development of the story. It's the same with the underwater and the last thing. I love that sequence, but it's because the race against time and all these things sometimes become cliched and they make a big joke of it at the end of this movie. Yeah. It's like how much time do we have less? Yeah. And and I can't what <laughs> uh, about usual or something yeah. he says. Uh, uh, and that's you just gotta buy into that, or you're gonna hate these fucking movies. Yeah, yeah. I, I do love the, the where we talked about again that the heist where he has to break out Lane. I just love that whole idea. He has to break out this character, but he has to not let people. Lane can't recognize these guys because then yeah. they'll get called out. But also, their plan is to just kill a bunch of cops. That's pretty much like they joke about that. Yeah. So your whole plan is just to kill everyone. Um, and I love like because you don't know how is he gonna get out of this like. He's got a bunch of people in the truck. This is the plan. How is he going to pull off this plan but still not make it look like that he's a good guy? Um, mm-hmm. Even there's a scene where there's like a cop and then some people. Sh- I don't know. I love all that stuff. Um, I-, I think that plays really well. It's a thrilling sequence. Um, we did mention you get a crazy foot chase and this is where he breaks the leg. And again, Tom Cruise's fucking stunt leads to the production having to pretty much shut down for a couple months and still pay them all which added i think they said 80 million to the cost oh, of wow. the film. and it doesn't appear in the actual budget because uh, yeah yeah they actually were it. yeah so it uh. didn't hurt the budget but it it's just crazy that <laughs> tom cruise wanted to just actually do this jump mind you that is a fucking crazy and i love that you see him you see they kept that in there you see and he gets up and runs break. off yeah it, if you like pause it, like, oh, that you can see where it goes down, like, which is but it's totally of, a Tom Cruise yeah, thing. Like, yeah. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to continue yeah. filming, and you see him run off with the hurt leg, uh, which is fucking great. Um, yeah, yeah I don't know. Figuring out how to get out of there afterwards. Yeah. That sequence is, yeah. is a great. There, yeah, that, that's fun too. Too where um, Simon Peg Benji is uh, is is yeah. telling him where to go to catch this character. But he's kind of like, oh shit, I got this upside down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, oh, oh yeah, I forgot oh, 3D. this. Is, yeah, this is 3D. <laughs> so like he's got like 
dude, just just go that yeah, way. I'm on the top of a building. Like, <laughs> I there's know, some. Uh, that's some comedy there that I really yeah, like. Yeah, that's some. Of the, that's probably the best comedy. And I think actually it's also Rebecca Ferguson's face yeah. facial reactions <laughs> yeah. to Benji. Her and Simon Pegg play off of each other very, very well, well and, and you get that in this movie. I hope they do more of that in the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like her stuff too. Like where she's first introduced and she's trying to. You don't know again. She's trying to stop them from taking out Lane. And there's some great stuff where there where like he's pulling up and she's in the middle with the with the gun pointed mm-hmm. shooting and yeah. he has to like fucking run her over. Like <laughs> I, I love all that stuff. Um where it's, you know, the mission this has mm-hmm. to be done, even if he's gonna, you know, hurt hurt some of these these people. There's some great some great visuals again. I believe it's in I think it's in London, but where they're kind of meeting and they're it's like all these um the architecture is all these like huge fucking um, pillars and stuff like that, and they meet there, and then they go into the middle with all the forestry and stuff. Oh, oh yeah, 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 where, yeah, where where uh, she's following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love all that. Tom like, Cruise, and then he he stops, and then they go out, and then they go underneath these trees to have kind yeah. of this conversation. That's a, uh, also yeah. a well written. I, I do think like scene. this, and Tom Cruise talked about like the reason I do this too is to go across all these things and show all these different sides of these places, and I love that too. Like you get a lot of great visuals yeah. from all these films from different, but I definitely feel like the last two films you get to see a lot of. Well, I guess part four as well you get to see all these like places that i'll probably never get to yeah. go to again i used to get that in bond and i feel like bond i guess it still does in bond but not as much well isn't it in part four where benji's uh like uh, yeah it's during the opera sequence mm-hmm. they say see the world <laughs> yeah, they yeah, say yeah, join yeah, up yeah, you'll yeah. get to do this and then <laughs> oh i'm benji's <laughs> you'll, yeah. you'll be in a closet or whatever and i'm like that's me sitting in my basement watching these movies, <laughs> yeah, seeing yeah, all yeah, this right? kind of stuff. Like I never related more. Yeah, I, I think I don't know. I think Mercury just does a great job of really showing a lot of this stuff. Um, the way it's framed. yeah, even when when he like they're not all the exact like the end sequence, which is supposed to be in Kashmir, is actually in New, New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the but they, it doesn't matter. Like you, yeah. st- he's he's great at showing landscape. Yeah, uh, and again from the yeah. again from the trailer from the new one, I think we're gonna get. Maybe even like he might talk. There's some great fucking visuals. He's jumping off the CN one. Tower. That was going to yeah. happen in this one. <laughs> I wish. Um, I, I I will say so it gets to the two hour. This is the longest. They keep on getting a bit longer. This is two and a half hours. It gets a two hour mark, and I'm like, we still have a fucking half an hour. Yeah. I was kind of worried, that, but then like I admit, I was not really bored. No. Like you get the helicopter no. stuff. It's a half an hour, and they're trying to stop the bomb. But all that keeps it exciting. Even the end fight is fucking crazy. There's some great stuff where they're in these helicopters, they're battling, and the helicopters are like broken apart. They're hanging at the side of the mountain. And the way he films that, even like Tom Cruise in there, the camera is like right behind Tom Cruise. You feel yeah. like you're in that cockpit. Is it called a cockpit in a yeah. helicopter? Yeah. The cockpit of the helicopter as it's like sliding down the mountain. Like the way he films out, it is mm-hmm. fucking incredible. Like it, it's so exciting for something that could. And, and you got to give uh, Henry Cavill a lot yeah. of credit in this because he commits to the action sequences. Yeah, he's great. Uh, as much as Cruz in this. And that makes the end scene because you're like, how the fuck does he beat this guy who's clearly stronger than him? Clearly, yeah. like, is a fucking hammer. Yeah. And a lot of it is just. Like most of these movies, there's a little bit of luck, but there's <laughs> yeah. also a little bit of scene and angle that the other guy doesn't yeah. see. Yeah. I will say, I thought some of Henry Cavill's line readings in this one, I noticed a bit were a little bit... Uh, I don't know. Henry Cavill is a guy that, like, sometimes he's great, and other times, like, some of his lines, he, he the, seems... The biggest issue wooden. I have in this movie is 
the actual like plot mechanisms in this one I find are are on the weaker side of the series in terms of like this yeah the stakes are big it's a fucking nuclear bomb mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. but like everything they're going against and why they're going like why the CAA is mad at Tom Cruise it feels more forced in this one the the heel turn of Henry Cavill Spoilers. yeah I don't think he sells it maybe that's prop uh, well I think they kind of almost give it away pretty early on too where he gives the fake evidence yeah yeah um yeah, I, like, I don't know. I, I still think like sequence after sequence is yeah. so fucking good. I just don't have the same amount of maybe like care uh, about the the end destination. Hmm. Like I, I I really like all of where when I'm in every moment, it's great. Mm-hmm. But if I when they have the kind of pause moments and they're going over what they have to do, it was like I don't, I don't care. care. This MacGuffin is like the loosest. MacGuffin, you get out there. It's well put together, but there's I don't I don't really just get me back into the helicopter or yeah. do that. Like do it, another stunt. Yeah, like <laughs> give me give me yourself. <laughs> Show me some pain. <laughs> Show me you breaking some bones, yeah, yeah. motherfucker. Um, carnage, carnage. And, and yeah, like the second half gets a little bit um, humorless to me. A little bit uh, where I, I start to worry about the series. Like, will the series? be going down this route where everything's going to be so dire that that we won't have kind of like the fun element as much. Mm. Um, but I think you're getting still a lot of fun even in that last half an hour with the stuff with the bomb and stuff. I don't know. It's played for emotion with the wife and... Like we're saying, Simon Pegg though is trying to like find the bomb and then all those like the Containers. Yeah. I also... Like, what? yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like why they split up, it's, it seems like very writerly well, I, I think it makes sense why they spread, split up because they have two bombs, right? So they found one. Fa- they already found the one. Yeah, that's what I mean. Rebecca Ferguson and, and Simon Pegg. Well, because they don't know where it could be, right? If they all just went there, then they might have not found the other one. But he's also saying, "Keep up, like wait up, let me go," and then he doesn't go. Like, yes, it's it's it makes sense, but it feels like a. Uh, I I feel like the the writer working for for those mm. moments a little bit. Again, like these aren't big problems because while I my my spidey sense of like ah this is kind of dumb. Oh, Simon Pegg <laughs> is now on, hanging by a throat and he's trying to like cut it with a bottle. Cut it with yeah. a bottle. That's fucking awesome. That yeah. fight sequence is great. I don't know. Again, like the the villain in this, I find even less effective. Sol- Solomon Lane. Yeah. Um, I like. I never feel like he's a badass or anything. Oh, I, yeah. I, yeah, I really like him. Um, I, do, I do think I like the ending too. You get nice closure to all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that they kind of end that. Where yes. Monaghan has a, a, a husband now. Uh, we're spoiling here, but I don't think it matters too much. Wes Bentley. No one cares. And, um, yeah, so we can move if on. If Wes Bentley's that. in your movie, no, whatever that device is, <laughs> no one cares. Um, and then, yeah, I don't, again, don't have much trivia. Uh, 170 million budget. It made 791.7 million. So this is the biggest of the franchise. Huge uh, success. And we'll see how the see. I would say the newest one is going to even do better, but the problem is the newest one also has Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer, and Barbie competition. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah. again, they're different audiences, but I still think that Christopher Nolan Oppenheimer is definitely going to yeah. be like in the same. I don't know Dang. why they didn't spread these out better, but we'll see. Because they um, don't, they they they're like they're all different studios, right? I know, but it, that's what I mean. Like Oppenheimer, still that that's going to they want to crush each other. It's going to hurt <laughs> Nolan's profits too, right? Like but, it's going to hurt that movie's hey, profits. Tom Cruise is going to see them all. Yeah. He's going to see Barbie. He's going to see Oppenheimer. He's there for the movies. 
I like. I think this movie's gonna do. I'm I'm really interesting uh, interested only from like a what other movies are we gonna make? I don't actually care if a movie makes fucking money. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's just like I want to see so we get more. I don't know. Yeah, like mm. that's exactly it. I, wa- I want them to see that st- studios know that like I want to see movies like this and Top Gun more than I want to see movies like Indiana Jones or whatever superhero yeah. is coming out. Like, I don't know. I'll go see original premise movies. Christopher Nolan, I want to yeah. see. Yeah, keep on making I movies. Better, yeah, like if Christopher Nolan's movie bombs and Tenet already didn't do like how many times now that Tenet, guy, Tenet gets a. Uh, that's tw- pandemic. That gets a pass. Fucking, uh, but I mean, a, it's, an it's, it's still his like least, you know, well-regarded movie, right? So it, it's also just like where, just, where it happened, the amount of people that have seen that, like everything's lower because of the situation and also his demand of it being in the theater. Yeah. If he actually, he might have had like the biggest movie of the year if he was like, "Fuck it, put it on Netflix." Or well, he should have delayed it, like Top uh, Top Gun Maverick. He, like that. Yeah. That would. I, I don't know if they would have allowed him to do that. That was the only. If if he wanted theater, they wanted to put it out just on fucking streaming. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. I guess uh, about the new. I wanted to do well. Yeah, exactly. I want these more kind of original yeah. kind of set pieces. Uh, even though th- this is now yeah. sequel, whatever. Yeah. I do feel like these movies are doing something. They're in something. the same v- vein as like it's the same actors. They've been kind of consistently coming out. like. But they can be a complete... Someone could come in and go, I got this idea. It has nothing to do with any of these other movies. But... We want Tom Cruise. Spies <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Sure, you could make that movie. That's the other thing with... I, I agree. Like, McQuarrie has proven like two in a row but there is that worry like are we gonna just get stuck into does it become bond yeah yeah i don't know again because they've been consistently good it's i can't think of another franchise that has seven movies and other than part two yeah i I, I guess you could argue maybe part three isn't as high but i still think Mm. it's quite good like what other franchise? There's no franchise that has, that has this movies, track record. This, like the average maybe, maybe ranking. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen those. I don't yeah. Know. Um, yeah. See, my problem is yeah. I don't even think the first the couple Harry Potter I saw were even that great. They're the worst two of <laughs> yeah. the of the series. Yeah. yeah, of the the first two. Um, I, I I think this has a higher ceiling than any Harry Potter. Yeah, movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, does as well. But but anyways, they're what, so, uh, all of them are like. Seven to eight. Yeah. Every single one is like seven to eight. The first two even are like six point five yeah. seven. Uh, but this one, well, our, we'll see our score on this. Yeah. But like yeah. everything's other. Than, uh, take out the woo one. We're going from seven to nines pretty consistently. Yeah. What's your guys' rankings for this? Final thoughts. So, uh, are we doing ra- rankings? No, uh, sorry. Rating. Well, we can say that for yeah. What's we'll, your? We'll do rankings week. after yeah, the what's new your one, score? right? Um, I think I'm going eight. I think oh, I'm going eight yeah. with this one. I, I I really like this movie. Um, I I'm like almost eight. Uh, like I I was eight the last time. This is the only one that probably hasn't. I found it just as enjoyable, but there's there was nothing like more t- to it. Like all the sequences are amped up, revved up. It's like Mad Max, like level, like. Sequence after sequence after sequence, except Mad Max, I feel something more like there's like a mm-hmm. you could call it humanity or whatever <laughs> in that one. Like, that's that's that angle, you don't need that. But I don't know if I have that underlying thing with that, and that's what mm-hmm. kind of has always held me back a little bit with this. Hmm. I still think this is a fucking phenomenal yeah. movie. Ready? I'm going nine out of yeah, ten. Yeah, you're going nine, this eh? This is uh, 
Uh, yeah, without well, spoiling my rankings, it's probably between your, this and the first your one. Your favorite yeah, one so far, right? Yeah. I might, this might be number one for me. Yeah, I might split the difference and go 8.5. Yeah, I, I really yeah. dug this movie. Just because of that gun cocking scene in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it like just almost makes you jump out of my seat yeah. whenever that happens. I you you want to like, clap. Like, yeah. yeah. I, for yeah. me, this is like the only one that's never boring at any time for me. Like, to mm-hmm. me, it constantly is moving and it doesn't really stop. Whereas, like, Rogue Nation I love, but there's a couple parts where it's like, ah, you know, it slows down a little mm-hmm. bit. I don't feel like this one ever slows down. I feel like it's constantly... This is one wherever like they have to time bomb. almost talk, it slows mm-hmm. down. Like, whenever there's sequences when they actually have to have conversations... Dialogue, duh. This and, and move the plot along, that's when this one stops. Mm-hmm. And they don't have many of them because th- I think they know. They don't have it. They don't have the plot on this one to really um, avert your eyes. I, I, I'm very curious about all of our rankings. I assume number two is going to be the lowest, but like I feel it could go anywhere. Like every series, there's like, all right. Well, a lot of people put number one at the bottom, near the bottom. Yeah, See, the bottom, and that critically. The first one is yeah. the least like film. I think I was reading I, a thing. Someone compared all the rankings. It's like, I think on Rotten Tomatoes, it's like 67%. It's, it's lower, yeah. I think, than the Woo one even, if not. Oh, is wow. it really the Woo one? Let me see. Um, the, I'll look it now, up. the one thing, it was harder to get higher rankings in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, I think people were hard on films back then, whereas blockbusters, they're easier on yes. now. But, um, uh, be, and, and, and I just, but a lot of people do put and, that like near the bottom. It just blows my mind. I don't understand why people, like I can see it is the most different of every one. If you want, if you're into the action, you're not it's not the most that. action, but it's, I but think it's so good. What, what else do you, would you put near the bottom though? Like, I, I understand, number one, like, uh, uh, other than two, like all these movies are crazy. Like, like for me, it's easy to put three next. I I, I don't think yeah. so. I think three might be up there. In like the uh, uh, I could see how we'll talk. Right? We'll like, we'll save it. Let's yeah. save that discussion. I, for honestly, I think one. it's your preference, though, right? Yeah. Like your the things that you like more. If they show more of that, that's all that it, this is. The weird thing about me is my two favorites are the one that's like the least action packed and the most thriller, and the one yeah. that's the most action packed. Yeah. Um, and so I'm wrong. So Mission Impossible 2 does have a lower rating. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, def- yep. definitely from Ghost Protocol on. These films have been sitting in like the high, at least Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. which who gives a fuck. But they're all Ghost Protocol on. They're all in the 90s, which is crazy. But the newest one is actually the highest. I, I would say rating. that this one, Fallout, and, and the new one is going to get, it, it'll be months, right? Like, everyone always comes out and is like, the highest rated movie ever. And then two months later, it's like all the But Fallout is still out. the highest, at least Rotten Tomatoes, highest. That's what I was about to say. Fallout seems like, and, and I think it is considered by most people. To number, be the best. To be the best. Oh, just a quick question before we end this. Uh, was there another name for this movie? Was there called Repercussions at one point or no? I don't think so. Because I, on Google, there is like a, a poster for this when you type up like Mission Impossible 6. It's like. The, the 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 picture is repercussions. The poster oh, it says thing Fallout it says repercussions. I wonder if that's in some territory. Yeah, yeah, or maybe it's like like a French word for Fallout is repercussion or something like that. Like, uh, anyways, if you want to get a hold of us, yeah, I think repercussions fi- is the French. Oh, look at that, Maddie! Yeah, there you Just go. Got the synapses yeah, working. I'm in it. It's out of the brewery <laughs> yeah. into the c- coolness of yeah the studio, <laughs> which now is like 95 degrees. It was like nice and cool when you guys first came. Oh yeah, turn off the air conditioning. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah, the, the things we do for sound quality, yeah, right? I know. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, it's been fun. Again, we, uh, we're excited to go see the new one. That will be, we're going to end this franchise seeing the new one in theaters, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, we're taping it live in theater. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're going to be talking through the entire movie. Um, we'd Ooh, love that to, was crazy. Are you guys going to see that movie? We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you yeah. get to see it in time, let us know. We can bring it up on the show. But yeah, and then we'll do our overall rankings of the series. Uh, yeah, you can get a hold of us. We have a Facebook group, like page. I uh, just search Movie City Maniacs. Email us at moviecitymaniacs at gmail.com. And we're at moviecitymaniacs on uh, Instagram. And, and thanks, uh, Tim, from uh, the Popcorn yeah, Podcast. Yeah, thank, thank uh, list. Sharing your 2007 list. Our 2007 list is coming. Coming, yeah. Two episodes away. Oh, Top crazy. 10 horror of two, 2007. You've been waiting for All over for 16 years. <laughs> For, for this, this list. <laughs> it's coming soon. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Stay scared. Stay scared.